Yes, and uh, that music is especially apt today, I think, as the Steelers come crashing out of the playoffs in a surprising fashion against the Browns. Uh, you joined as always by me, Simon Stanley, and the three co-hosts, Gavin Marshall, Rich Cetrone, and Dave Hart with a heavy heart this week. How are you doing, guys? Okay, the pain, the pain is starting to subside a little bit, I think. I have I have yeah. struggled this week. Yeah, I mean, normally I'd, I'd watch a bit of tape and have, you know, so we've got something to say and some takes to have. But you know how many plays I watched this after this game? I've watched two. I watched the kickoff <laughs> and then that botched snap. And I, I'm not doing this again. I've already done this once. I'm yeah. not reliving this pain again. I'm with you, Dave. See, yeah. I think we're lucky that we knew that Gav would do it. Um, and I already have plenty to say. So <laughs> I, 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 it, it, it always helps, I think, watching back without the emotion. You know, you watch live, the emotion of the game, you're in the moment. Um, but then watching back, it's more of a kind of you know, you know, sort of uh, what's the what's the right word? Um, stoical kind clinical of you know, emotion. Yeah, clinical. That's the word I'm looking for. It's more of a clinical thing. You, you know, you're, you're watching how the blocking was and stuff. So you, you're not. Touch- so it, it, it helps with the mourning process or, or grieving process. I think. Yeah, I, I couldn't even listen to the uh, around the NFL podcast this week. Like, I, I, I will do, but I, I know it's just going to be you know them celebrating. Mark being a Browns fan and I just couldn't even bring myself to do it yet um, how you doing Rich? Um, okay a bit numb <laughs> I would say but uh, yeah you know what, what are you going to do it was it was shades of the Jacksonville playoff game when they went yeah. down 21 nothing. you know it's just I think honestly guys I think we could the Steelers could play that game a hundred more times and they would not have a first half like that yeah. Again, I don't, has, has a game ever started that badly uh, for any team ever? I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> First opening quarter of any game ever in 100 years of NFL football. I was gobsmacked for the entire first quarter. I mean, let's just, before we get into the whole thing, like, let me just run through what the things that happened in the first half, right? I wrote them down as they were happening. I've still got this list at the top of my page here, right? So you got, you got the high snap that just immediately I was like, oh no, it's, this is the Denver Seahawks Super Bowl all over again. Um, then you get the interception over the middle from Ben straight away, which is awful. You get uh, two full back runs for one yard, like almost back to back on two drives to the point where I screamed out that he was going to do it five seconds before the play. And I know, you know, Richard, you said the same thing. Um, you get the second interception. Um, Filer gets two penalties very early on in the game. Ebron drops two passes very early in the game. Then we get a tipped interception. All in like, you know... 15 minutes of football, a little bit more. And we're 28 down, and before you know it, we're 34-7 down. The defence is giving up plays. <laughs> Just the worst start to a football game I've ever seen. You spot a team 28 points before you've even showed up. <laughs> you ain't going to win that game. This is this yeah, is exactly just... what I feared, dude. This is exactly what I feared. You know when I said I didn't want the Browns? This is why, because I, it, it, it wasn't the toughest matchup, but I didn't want this to happen. I mean, how can they, you know, they, they nearly lost to the backups, and then mm-hmm. this happened. I mean, totally bizarre. I can we talk about that snap for just a second? Mm. Did you get you got, I, I, did you rewatch that at all on the All Twenty Two? Yeah, I, I watched it like ten times. What the heck was Connor and Roethlisberger doing? Mm. They should have easily fallen on that. But Roethlisberger kept looking back as he's running towards the ball to see where the Browns were. I think I think he was afraid to commit. To, to falling on the ball, to fear of getting injured or something. And Connor just completely misplaced uh, his slide. He slid early. He slid away from the ball, or the ball bounced away from him. It just looked. It was. It was so weird. 
It was it was such a poor effort by Ben to fall on it too. What I don't know. What did you think of it, Gab? Yeah, the same. I just I it was just so beguiling, you know, beguiling. What what what? Why couldn't they just get the ball? I don't, I don't understand. It, yeah, it was it was almost like they couldn't believe it themselves that it was happening. It was weird. But yeah. the, the whole incidents like that. I think to the the Snell, you know, the dump. The, one of the first picks. I can't remember. Was, was it the first one? Where the ball, he, uh, Ben tries to dump the ball off to Snell, and he and he just didn't fight up for the. It was a it was a bad ball, bad decision to throw it. But some of the blame for that was on Snell. He he could have fought for the ball, and it's not the first time we've seen it from him. Some of the tackling, Edmonds, I don't you know I don't think he looked right. Was he still coming back from the shoulder injury? A couple of tackles, he kind of didn't look committed. Minka, a couple of times, didn't look committed. There's just a few issues for me where I just thought, what what's going on here? Why are this te- why is this team not fighting? You know with blood, sweat and tears, you know, right down to their fingernails to win this game. And, and the play calling as well. I've got some issues with the play calling. Why, why were they so conservative there when they're so far down? It just, yeah. I, did, 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 they, did they think they had this in the bag? They didn't need to put 100% in? I don't know. Yeah, Almost yeah. everyone looked flat. I totally agree with you. Just flat. Just all, all across the board. Um, and, and it's weird because, you know... Who believed? Who believed in the third quarter that, that we were going to win? <laughs> I started to. I got to be honest. When we were in that drive, where I'm sure we'll talk about it, where uh, we decided to punt on the fourth and one. Just before that, I was thinking, "Here we go." I right, so that was horrible. That's another fourth down poor decision. I thought that Tomlin made in that game. Uh, come on, fourth and one. Come on. Yeah, that was the most cowardly punt I think we've ever seen. <laughs> Almost was. If you go in the surrender index that they do on Twitter, it was one of the worst cowardly punts uh, ever. So, you know, I mean, and then the game's over, right? Because the defense wasn't playing particularly well. They couldn't bottle up Nick Chubb, who's made me look a fool this season because I said he wasn't that great <laughs> coming into the season. Downplayed him, so he's come back and made me look a fool. But there, well, I don't think Chubb personally. I mean, yes, Chubb and Hunt had good games, but the, the the real embarrassing thing is that the the like ramshackle Browns line. That had mm-hmm. you know like a water carrier, you know, calling play or coaching them for the game or whatever, out physical the you know the Steelers D line. What the hell was going on there? You know, I mean, I think that that is more embarrassing that they just completely got out outmanned, out you know out out toughed, if you like. I would add the whole front seven, Gav, to yeah. that conversation. Yeah, yeah, but I, I think the lanes come back off injury. And I know people are going to talk about the the where he got driven in for the for the touchdown. I don't think that was completely as bad as it looks when you watch it back. Um, I think I think he was he'd actually shed a block to try and let didn't get a chance to drop his anchor. So he just you know Hunt was way underneath his he had a much better level going in, never got leverage. So it just looked like he just didn't didn't try, didn't have the strength. But I don't think that was the case. But I mean you look at you look at where the money is invested on this defense. It's all in the D line, and they, and they just didn't show up. Yeah. No, Hayward had a bad game. I mean, he did not play. He he needed to have a really good game, and he just didn't show up either. And you know, Williams had a bad game. Um, Spillane, you can't really blame him too much. He just came off of injury, and they put him into some really, really bad situations. You know, they kept having having him cover Landry in the slot, which, you know, good God, man, Butler, I, I honestly, like, I don't get it. I really don't get it. You know, and each time. He won the first time that I remember he ran an out route. He had five yard separation. It was a third and two. It was a big down for us too. 
and had five yards separation. The worst high school quarterback in the country could have made that throw. And then this next time he ran a dig route, same thing, five yard separation, easy. I mean, they must have been laughing on the sidelines. Like, you can't do that. You cannot put a linebacker on, on Landry. There's just no way. You know, I, I just I don't know what is through, going through Butler's head sometimes in, in game decisions. I really don't. Yeah, I saw. I think it's, is it Nick Fairbro that does the all the, the the Twitter stuff with Steelers. Really, really good breakdown. If you don't follow him, he's a really good follow. But he said that this has been a problem with this. I mean, we've all known it. But he said, you know, the Steelers don't do a basic thing that a lot of other teams do, which is find the skill. So you have, you know, three defensive backs or three cornerbacks. You know, you two outside guys in nickelback. And and their priority is to find the skill on most teams. So you you find the three best dudes on the on on the offense, and you and you try and you, you try and cover them. Well, the Steelers don't do that. They just line up how they line up. And and if if you end up with a Landry Jones on a you know a Vince Williams, then you're just going to roll with it. Um. So, but he also said in the post, not he's not just shooting things down. He's saying it's a hard thing to change mid-season. Yeah. It's got to be done. It's it's a, it's a it's a you know philosophical change that's got to come with. Either you know a, a, a DC change or or just a DC switching tack and changing the philosophy of the organisation that's been left over from you know Dick LeBeau or whatever. So you know maybe that's something that needs to happen. Tomlin's talked about you know changes need to happen. You know and he's not he's not outlined what those are going to be, but maybe something like that and, and a few other like more kind of technical things. You know coaching coach level things that maybe is unless you know you don't really spot. Maybe that that's the kind of thing that's going to change rather than coaching changes or you know coordinator changes or what a lot of people seem to want well look at it this way I, i've been very rough on the steelers coordinators the whole pretty much the whole whole year and i'm i may be starting week six seven we really start to see their deficiencies show because you know they're the steelers are doing great but teams are adapting they're watching tape and they're adapting and my problem with the coordinators were they don't adapt well they don't adapt well when the other team adapts and look at here, think about this for a second. You had a team that went 11 and 0. Now these there should be all kind of people looking at these guys for jobs. Have you heard one job opportunity for either Feekner or Butler? No. I, I haven't heard one. That's an 11 and 0 team. I mean yeah. that that is that's I don't know that might be unprecedented. Anytime a team has a season that well that good. You always people are always going after these guys, but you don't. I haven't heard one. No one. Yeah, you'd think Butler would be the guy, right? Because of the you know one of the top defenses in the league. You think he'd be a you know a hot candidate, even for you know maybe even coach you know head coach jobs. But no, there's nothing, is there? No, no interest at all for anyone. Nope. No, you're right. I mean, my problem, my problem. I mean, <clears throat> one of my things was I, I, I seriously thought there were two two situations where they could have done something you know personnel switches around the quarterback position to try and you know you're in a massive hole right end of end of the first half you've got nine seconds left 32 yards to go and and you kick you know i mean <clears throat> from that range that's that's two shots to to try and to try and get some points on the board mm-hmm. and you've got three timeouts I mean, I, I said last week, you know, when maybe we could see Mason in that situation. That's exactly the situation. I thought, you know, you just try, just, just, just roll the dice. Yeah. You don't think Ben can make the throw? Put Mason on. You know, what's he going to do? Maybe throw one and then kick it. You have got nine seconds, and then the other one, four shots from the opponent's five-yard line, and you're 35-16 down in the third quarter, and it took the fourth attempt 
to get Juju, and, and he pulled off a miracle catch. I mean, he was he was tight covered. There's no way he should have caught that. It was a fantastic catch from Juju mm-hmm. to, to get the TD, but he nearly didn't. Where was Dobbs? You know, in that, in those four shots from the five yard line, that was the time to bring Dobbs out. You know, just yeah. catch him, catch him, catch him. You know, just not expecting it at all, and they didn't do it. And those two situations just made me think, what are we doing here? Why are we not deploying the weapons we have? We didn't even dress Dobbs. <laughs> no, no. Crazy. But that's, it's, 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 that situation called for that weapon, and we didn't we didn't even have it. I mean, what what are we doing here? Why why are we not trying to win? In, in any way we can, what that gives us the best opportunity. There's a, there's a rigidity to this coaching staff. It feels like every every game that there's there's a lack of flexibility. There's a yeah, and and almost a, a randomness at times. I mean, I mean the flippy floppiness of the coaching. Sometimes they were aggressive. Sometimes they were conservative. You know, they, they went for two seemingly at random, like someone rolled a dice. And let's not even get into the fact that we can't seem to score from the two yard line anymore. You know. I, I just I don't understand what the, when you get into this kind of situation you're twenty eight nothing down what what are you trying to do you know what what is the aim what is the objective at, the, at that point because it was so inconsistent I mean you know Richard said it but we're gonna we're gonna bring it up so many times I imagine this fourth and one call after you've gone for two points recently the defense isn't playing well and we give it to Jordan Berry who by the way punts it into the end zone thanks John Berry appreciate that um just I don't know. Well, ju- just as bad was the fourth and nine on the on the Browns' thirty-eight yard line. Thirty-eight mm-hmm. yard line. Mm-hmm. Like we we've given off kickoff returns to the thirty-eight yard line. So what if we miss? Yeah. I mean, we're down so much, we got to go for it at that point. And now he punts in. And I I heard the question asked to Tomlin, and he felt like they could they could tra- they could trap him down. You know, some hopefully somewhere inside the five, and their defense would hold, and they'd get the ball back. And they they did. They held them on the ten yard line, and the defense actually did help, and they got the ball back. But they were like fifteen, twenty yards further than they were, and I, like I, I just I don't know. I just disagreed with the decision. It wasn't as bad as the fourth and one, but it was. I thought it was still pretty bad. Yeah, just poor decision making um, all day. I thought. Listen, I mean, it would have taken a miracle, right? Anyway, because we're so far back, we're so far behind. Um, it felt like that comeback was on for a minute. Browns fans are almost willing it into existence with their negativity as well online. But um, yeah, it, it, it wasn't to be. And a large part of that, maybe we'll get onto it in a bit, was um, our defense as well, which didn't hold up in the way that it has throughout the season. But, I've but, got more. Yeah, personnel. I've got more personnel deployment issues with that unit. I yeah. Mean, yeah. Why, why, when we're in a hole so soon, was Wormley out there for that drive and just getting absolutely obliterated over and over again? When you've got, as I said before, thirty-two million pound uh, dollars, sorry, invested in this defensive line. It's the second most expensive unit in the league, and you're sitting one of them. And like, and the, what is it? The second or third drive? And second. just second drive. It's just what, what? What's going on? Is it? I mean, unless there was an injury, we don't know about. Okay, of course that's, but. I mean, we've seen Wormley. He's not. He's not really cut it in. He seems to. He he's, he's, he's listed as six four. He looks small to me. He looks smaller than six four. Maybe it's because he's up against next to two monsters. But you're playing an undersized or looks undersized to me. Defensive end against this team with this running attack. I mean, I, I don't understand that at all. Can we have that on the scouting reports? Looks undersized to me. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't you know I mean? it? But looks like undersized. <laughs> Well, I looked it up. He's six four or six five. Sorry, I mean that's 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 classic Steelers defensive end. You know, three four defensive end size, but he doesn't play to his size. Yeah, yeah. 
Um, well, let's rattle through, because I've got, you know, towards the end, I've got a few things that I want us to t- talk about and debate, but but let's rattle through um, some of the play. which seems like we've done a, <laughs> a decent job of this already, just talking about the game, but um, Ben, I think, a weird game, um, an awful game <laughs> in many ways, but also it was frustrating because you see the potential of the offense, although maybe you can tell me that that was because of the way the Browns were playing defensively to try and hold on to a, a massive lead, but... I mean, we end up throwing the ball 68 times, 501 yards. <laughs> Jesus. Um, I mean, it's an achievement to throw like 6,500 passes five yards out to the flat, right? I mean, that is, yeah. it was a miracle. You just, they just, I mean, fair enough. You know, they gave that to him. So he's going to take it over and over again. But I mean, you watch it again. It's ridiculous how many times he makes the exact same throw. You know? Hmm. I mean, you can't really, I mean, yeah. Was, you know, he took it. It was patient. He didn't just, you know, throw it up. But there was, I mean, there was. He was just not making any throws over the between the hashes at all. There's just everything is left or right five yards, and it just it, it's it's what we've been talking about for ever since the decline of of this team. It's it's become too similar. It's you know, you you need to win quickly. You just you're not going to get do that in five yard chunks for twenty five times a drive. Yeah. Um, I, I thought one of the kind of the upsides, if you want to call it that, very light. I thought some of the receivers had a, a gutsy day. I mean, Juju especially had a. I thought played his heart out out there after after all the criticism of him midweek. Um, I thought DJ had a, had a nice game too. But Ebron kept dropping passes. We'll get to him later. Um, Claypool looked dominant at times. Uh, but again, it, I mean, Juju's was... Juju's still taking criticism, right? He's yeah, still taking yeah. flack from fans, and despite the fact that he had what over 150 yards and a touchdown, and he slugged his—I mean, he was still catching tough passes yeah. after the game was pretty much done. He was still putting his body on the line. If you're doubting this guy's commitment to this team, you need to start watching a game properly and not just getting drunk towards the end. I'm sure most people <laughs> probably absolutely <laughs> off their faces towards the end and can barely see the TV screen, but. You need to evaluate what Juju's doing for this team. I can't if you do. think he isn't committed. I can't with the people in Juju. It's it's really getting on my nerves now because it's getting to the point where it's going to have an impact and he, people are driving this dude out of the city for no apparent reason. It's really winding me up. Well, you're our uh, social media czar, so you'd have to do your little uh, Twitter, TikTok corner TikTok later on corner. about that. <laughs> yeah, I will do. Um... Just, I mean, I, I think, I, I don't know what we're going to do, uh, have like a sort of deep and meaningful philosophical conversation about Ben after we finish talking about this game. I don't yeah, know. yeah, yeah, we will do. And the coordinators and a, a few guys that are question marks. But um, yeah. But did, I mean, just, just going back to the, the, the throws over the middle. I mean, there was something was not right. Every, every straight ahead throw, apart from the last two in the whole game, where he, or towards the end of the fourth quarter, where he got the Claypool TD. Um, I mean, he hardly threw any between the hashes or even between the numbers, really. But the ones that he did throw early, there was the juju tip, which nearly picked. And then the next play was the DJ pick. Then the the the, the two-point attempt, which obviously didn't go anywhere. The first and five to Vance, which was just wildly off, but he was under massive pressure. And then another low, the first completion over the middle was low to, to Deontay Johnson in the fourth quarter. and then And then you had... One over over the middle to Juju with no zip, but it was like a sort of weird thirty yard lob. I don't know if you remember that one. Really strange throw. And then the the Claypool one, which was like an absolute dime zinger. Um, 
but he he kind of had to put his whole life force into the throw. It looked like he kind of left part of his, you know, lost five minutes off of his life making the throw. So I, I don't know what's going on there. I mean, that's something that they're going to have to evaluate because if you, if you can't, you know, it's like the cliche coming out of the draft of every quarterback who makes all the throws. I'm not sure Ben can make all the throws at the moment. Yeah, I was thinking about what you were saying last week. Maybe the issue that we've been having has been down to Ben and we've just sort of not really seen it until now. It's sort of made itself more obvious now we're all sort of seeing it. Um, you know, there's obviously talk of him retiring. He said he wants to come back, talk of retiring. I don't know whether someone's going into this later in a sort of a deep philosophical discussion, but yeah, do we think maybe that he's, he's like beyond repair now? Whether it's a... I don't know. It's tricky to know, isn't it? I mean, the, the Browns... Browns, I mean, they said it on the broadcast, you know, the Browns' defence was playing centre field open. They they were just daring him to throw it in the middle. You know, they had... But he, he just wasn't taking it. I mean, there was no crossing no crossing patterns. What they? I mean, do you, do you remember any of that? Not, they, you, they were a sort of staple of the Steelers' offence earlier on in the season. Gone. Just not, or at least if their routes are being run, routes being run, he's not taking the pass. He's just banging it out to the flat and a quick out or a slant. That's it. Well, I, I, you're right, Dave. I have a whole um, thing listed here that I've just written debates because there's so many coming out of this game. But it makes more sense to do this one now. So Ben, after the game, right, he sits on the the, the side with Pouncey and he says, you know, um, I, I only came back, I only did it for you, bro. <laughs> you know, okay. Um, the, the debate is Ben. He's owed 41 million against the cap next year, but but. I'm being told we only saved 19 million by cutting him, right? Because so much of that is stuff that's been, you know, passed forward and passed forward for years and years and years and restructuring contracts. Um, it's dead man. It's bonuses and, and, yeah, various other incentives yeah. likely to be earned incentives accelerate into the current year. So even if he retires or he, or he gets cut, it's the same thing. That yeah. He, yeah, he's that's that money that has to be paid to him. So, yeah, you don't save the 40 mil. I've seen a lot of people saying, let's cut him and save 40 mil. It's nope. not a thing. Yeah. He's, he's saved 90. In fact, has already been paid to him. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's dead. Yeah. So it, twenty-two million. What's that? Money. Twenty-two million. Yes. Yeah. So, so, so nineteen million is the figure that I've got that we would save if that's right. Yeah, that's right. So, what do you think? Is this is this something the Steelers going to consider? Is Ben going to do it on his own? Is I don't, I don't know. I, I think I think if I think, right. if, I think uh, if Pouncey retires, that's. Ben, ben goes with him, surely. It's looking like he is, or at least, you know, reports are suggesting that Pouncey's going to retire. I've seen a few people say that. Now. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I mean, none of us can really answer that question. So, the, the, yeah. The, do, do, would, would you cut him or would you not? I think it's the only question we can answer because the, the retirement thing's totally up to there's only one person on the planet that can answer that. Well, I mean, if you, I'm not necessarily in favor of cutting him. Um, uh, I would lean towards not cutting him. But if you do, say you do, say they do cut him, they're going to roll with Rudolph for next year, you know, and then they're going to have probably a poor year, you know. But it, it'll tell you, it'll tell you whether this guy is going to be the guy to lead the Steelers for the next, you know, whatever ten years, whatever, or you know, or not. So say he doesn't. You know, the upside is they're going to get a most likely a high draft pick, and that's where they'll go after their their uh, their franchise quarterback at that point. 
But uh, you know, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't cut him. But I certainly would not want him to play pass next year. No, I mean the only <laughs> if you did cut him, that you might be able to. I mean, it's gonna it would be a struggle, but you might be able to pick up a, a journeyman kind of bridge guy like a you know I hate to say it, but you know a Fitzpatrick or a James Darn. Winston or a you know yeah one of those well, kind know, of guys. The good thing is if he commit say he commits to them for next year, he's gonna he's gonna honor his contract. And he could tell them with all certainty, this is it. Next year is my last year. That actually is good for us because then we can we can we can put it on the books that he's going to play for another four years and we can spread that money out and we won't have such a big cap hit next year. Mm-hmm. But but Ben hasn't necessarily been the type to to tell you, you know, he's been more or less, hey, let's see how it goes type of guy. He hasn't been that guy to tell you, okay, I'm gonna play next year, then that's it. That would be great. If he does that, that would work out well for us. Yeah. Yeah, well, I just think, you know, they're not going to get one in the draft, right? There's so many. It's funny how the whole league has changed, you know, sort of after week six. You know, every team's got a quarterback. You know, I've never seen this before. Suddenly there's like 10 teams that are getting QB at least, and they're above the Steelers in the draft, obviously. So they ain't getting one in the draft, and Mac Jones is not the answer. So, um so then, yeah, you're looking at free agents or, or you're looking at Mason or you're looking at Ben. That's your choice. So I, I, I'm, I've kind of thought about this long and hard for the last 24 hours and I'm with you, Rich. I think I think if he wants to come back, you bring him back. Yeah. You know what? I, I could roll with a Fitzmagic season. I think that would be a, a fact. Even if it's one of those sort of, like you say, maybe this next season is going to be a bit of a, not necessarily tanking, but trying to get a, a decent draft pick. And just for like last season, last season it was duck. It was, it was entertainment for everybody. I could I could roll with a Fitz, a Fitz magic entertainment season. I think I quite enjoy that. What was that, Gav? It's a beard thing, just because he's got a beard. Like, no, I, it's it's not it's not a it's not a facial hair thing. It's just, <laughs> I've, he's, he, he injects enjoyment into everything. I whenever I see him, like I think everyone's got a Fitz magic memory. I think first time I properly remember enjoying watching Fitz, um, Fitz Magic. I keep saying Fitz Magic um, was when he was with the Jets, and that was like a. I, I enjoyed watching the Jets at that point. It was a. It, it injects some fun into it, and that was. I think that's been his role everywhere he's been. Right, he just he brings an element of what's going to happen now. No one knows. I don't think he knows. You know, and I think that would be a. If it's going to be a crappy season next season, why not have Fitz out there? So he's saying you'd be up for that more than Ben returning. Sorry to put you on the spot. No, no. If if Ben was to to not return, is what I mean with that. Because I think um, maybe it's just basing it on pre- on last season with Mason largely um, being a quarterback. It, it was a pretty dark season, and if you're not going to know what's going to happen, at least have fun with it. I feel like I think Mason wouldn't be the the fun element to to doing badly in a season, whereas Whereas Fitzpatrick would would be the opposite of that and bring bring a bit of fun to it all. Well, Dave, like. you you want you want a fun element. Let me make my pitch to you, and this is what me and Stuart Love have been been saying. We've started this now. Uh, Min- Minshew mania in Pittsburgh time. <laughs> that, I think that's where we go. Sticking I, with the facial hair element. Then. Yeah, I think Trevor Lawrence goes to Jacksonville. Minshew wants out straight to the Berg. Rich, we go to you for your thoughts on the Minshew <laughs> Minshew mania in Pittsburgh. <laughs> 
I don't know. I mean, you know, that wouldn't be horrible. I, I'd kind of yes. like to see what what Darnold could do in Pittsburgh. Ooh. I still think that guy can have a decent career somewhere that's going to support him, get him, give him some weapons. and You know, I mean, I don't know. There's, man. Yeah, I don't know. There's a lot of ways you, you could go. Minshew wouldn't be horrible, though. I thought you would hate that, so I'm glad. Nah. Nah, I wouldn't hate it. So we've all got our, you know, our favoured bridge guys, as it were. Um, there's options out there. I don't know, dude. Like, the 19 million is is kind of attractive in the position that we're in right now with all these guys who want to resign, right? We're, we're sitting here with our laundry list of dudes that we don't have any money to to pay. That, uh, might go a long way to helping out. I don't know. Um, He's not going to take 19 mil, but I'd I'd love to see Matt Stafford in Pittsburgh. I think that I'd. I mean, he's. I don't I don't know what he's going to ask for. I don't know what he's what his going rate is, but I'd I'd love to. He's he's a guy that I've enjoyed watching and. In in Detroit, he's been. I mean, it's been talked about in the past that he's just been entirely wasted there, and they've given him nothing to do. And he's still sort of kept he's kept his head above water. He's always sort of done okay and done all right, considering what he's got around him. So I think give him something to work with. I think he'd he'd, uh, he'd have a pretty good time in Pittsburgh. But he's not going to take the money. Yeah, that that'd be a hard one money wise. I think yeah. But... Yeah. Uh... He's on a twenty-seven million a year on average. Mm. So would he want more than that? Probably. Yeah. Yeah, it's going to be tough. We'll talk quarterback another time, but yeah, that, that's the question now: is does Ben come back? And we're going to be waiting to find out that for for a few weeks, I think, until Ben decides to make some kind of a announcement. Um, Ben yeah. Ben Rosberger only one year older than Aaron Rodgers. I read today. That's weird, isn't it? Seems <laughs> been a bit of... no. um, Well, maybe, maybe you, as I said before, you know, you scrape through a year of Ben, and you see what, 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 get wherever you are, and then you get Aaron Rodgers because he's off the he's off the hook, or he's he's yeah he's um Green Bay aren't going to pay him. Uh, you brought this up last week. You've got this this notion that Rodgers is the old Rodgers. You just keep jumping between these old quarterbacks. I don't know. Well, unless you, unless you hit one in the draft, obviously you know you keep you keep drafting. Unless you, unless you get that early, unless you really do tank for a year and you get like a you know a Jags or a Jets kind of pick, you're not going to get in that position. So you've yeah. got to find a, a in a different way. Hit one in the draft, or you know until you do, you keep doing these journeyman one year deal guys. Tanking's overrated, dude. Listen, look how hard it is to pick a good quarterback in the NFL. You know, you were saying it last week. You look at these guys that we drafted in the last eight years or whatever, like. Most of the number one and two picks have been trash, right? It, uh, Mahomes drafted tenth, so it, it, it's potluck, dude. I, I don't know. We'll see. Um, but uh, it's potluck. But then there's hard teams that are outside the first first round that really, yeah, really, yeah. you know, guys. And most of those guys are taken in the top half. So you get you you still get some busts, but it, it's very rare you get one in the later rounds. Heard there was a guy picked 199th overall from Michigan that did pretty well. Well, there's that guy, but you know. <laughs> Sorry, so, someone says that every time you have this conversation, so <laughs> I had to be that guy. Um, the, another position I want to talk about um, in, the, in a similar vein is is the O-line. Um, hopefully you guys have some thoughts on this. I, I'm hearing sort of everyone from, you know, DeCastro to, I mean, Villanueva is going to be gone, to Pouncey might retire. Uh, this whole O-line is going to need a revamp entirely. Um, we might end up having Dotson as the only guy that stays. Um, what do we do with this old line? We're going to have to invest some high-level draft picks, right? 
I've got some. I've got a solution. You, uh, yeah, you let you let um, Villanueva leave, and then you you bring back uh, one Kelvin Beecham, who's free agent this year, and he's he played for for the Cardinals for just over a million last year. So you, you can give him a little pay rise, a little enticer. Hopefully, you know, there's not that many free agent tackles out there, so there may be a little bit of competition. But you, you know, you pull the heartstrings, come back. You know, we we gave you a shot. We, you know, no one believed in you. We did. Come back. You know, and, and you let him complete with uh, Chooks for the left tackle role, and you you spam tackle and guard in the draft. So you go um, maybe like Alex Leatherwood in the, with the first pick, and then maybe you go you know like Deontay Brown with the second round, and then you go maybe like a Creed Humphrey or a Josh Myers with the third round, and then and then you go. That's, all that's, right, that's all policy. right, Gav, we get it. You watch all line tape. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, Gab! Is uh, getting rid of Fickner is is that in your plans as well for the O line, uh, or, or sorting out the O line position? Because we're not sure about the O line coach, are we? Since well, uh, think about it. Three seasons as the offensive coordinator, our running game has been thirty first, twenty ninth, and thirty second in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. Is it? I do wonder how much of it is down to roster construction that they've been drafting or picking up guys that can pass protect to protect Ben, and you know maybe there's, there can be a swing to get some you know power run game maulers. Maybe you know Dotson, the other people that they can pick up now would 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 swing that, redress that balance. But yeah, I I, I really I'm I'm so lost about the Randy thing. I know Sai wants to talk about that. I, I really don't know what to make of of Randy because uh, as I said last week, how much is Ben and we had the big discussion about whether Ben is limiting Randy's choices and stuff so I'm not sure have we really seen what Randy can do I mean he can drop with Mason he, you know, they won eight games he dropped some interesting game plans but then also frustrated us as well you know he's not he's not an, an you know an offensive kid is he he's you know he's like a, a slow and steady sort of tortoise that you know gets there in the end I don't know yeah I, I mean I know what you mean I brought that up a few weeks ago as well but you you got to have some, I, you know, it's the thing when you have that Hall of Fame quarterback, you have that clout uh, that's associated with that. You know, that that's that's the that's the bad part of the dual edged sword, you know. But I mean, I, I want I want an offensive coordinator that's going to stand up to him. Hey, Todd Haley, to me, was the best offensive coordinator Steelers ever had. We he he said he put up numbers that no other other offensive coordinator has ever put up for the Steelers. You know, but you have, you know, you have this Hall of Fame quarterback that, uh, oh, you know, I don't like Todd Haley. Oh, you don't like Todd Haley? Okay, okay, Ben, we'll get rid of Todd Haley. Oh, who do you like? Oh, you like this your quarterback coach that has never been an offensive coordinator? Okay, fine. We'll put him in as an offense coordinator. You know, I I just think, you know, if Ben comes back, the, then they need the front office needs to stand up to him a little bit. I, I really believe that because he, he, he does have that clout. You know, he does want to practice on Wednesdays or, you know, whatever. Fine. OK, don't practice. You know, he doesn't like play action. OK, fine. Don't don't run play action as much. But they're going to need somebody to come in that has a little stronger personality that didn't develop a friendship with him when he was a, when he was someone that was lower on the totem pole. You know, and now that he's raised higher on that totem pole, totem pole just because of Ben, you know, then he feels like he's going to have to really, you know, do what Ben would like him to do. And I just think they need to get a guy in there that's going to stand up to him and say, this is for the betterment of the team. And this is the way it has to be. Yeah. Can we, can you see it happening though? No, I cannot. It's not usually the Rooney way 
to 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 make maneuvers like that. And Tomlin has shown that he's he usually doesn't make those type of moves as well. But I mean, if it doesn't happen, we're going to probably see more of what what we saw this year. We're going to see more of that next year. Mm. It can't be. I mean, I can... a, a, a philosophical question is, is is where we are now. Is next year? Do you blow it up, or is it? Are they going for the playoffs again? Is it? Is it do they think they got a real, realistic shot? I think. I think that's the first. You know, the first question on the. On the, you know, if you go one way or the other, then you can decide what you're doing. But I'm not, I'm, you know, bringing in a new coordinator in Ben's last year. And I'm not, I think I, you know, I, I could go with if Ben retires, bringing in someone new. Hmm. I could also see Ben retires going with going with Randy again, and see if actually give him a run with you know fresh court, a different someone, different new ideas. What if you promote Canada? Yeah, yeah, he's probably the obvious candidate, isn't he? Yeah, he's he's worked with Ben. He knows Ben. Ben knows him. He's in the organization. Mm. You know, I just I, I think the the Fichtner experiment has failed greatly. I think the the numbers show that. And if it's because Ben's taken over the team, then somebody needs to prevent Ben from taking over the team. Ooh. You know, I mean, it's a tough situation. It really is. That's that would that's why I would fear bringing Aaron Rodgers in because you would have the same deal. He he comes in with all this clout, and we'd have the same situation, you know. Although it would be great to have an Aaron Rodgers for sure, but we're going to be in that same boat again. Mm. Well, yeah. you you nailed it. You hit straight on the second debate, which is both the, the coordinators. The, I mean, they're both out of contract, so a decision will need to be made. Um, I, I would I, I would I would like them to replace Fitchner. I, I would have liked them to do it in week eight. So. <laughs> <laughs> you can't, you can't get, you can't replace both of them, right? And 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 Randy's probably the the closer to the chop, isn't he? I yeah. would have thought you can't with this defense the way it's performed. You can't really say you know Randy's. I mean, um, Keith Butler's really not delivered the goods. We've all got issues with him. Yeah, yeah, but I don't know, man. It, it, you know, the standard is a standard, right? And what has the standard been for for years now? Getting close but not being able to get over the hurdle. You know, I don't know. Do you want that coordinator that is that 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 defensive coordinator that has the, the, all these horses and he can let them run free and and when they do what they do, they're great. And then when somebody adjusts to what they're doing, we have problems. And then they look to the defensive coordinator and his answers suck. I I don't know. I, that's not what I would want as an owner of the team or a general manager. But, I mean, we see it. We 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 all watch these games. We watch the all twenty-two. I listen to other people. Ryan Clark said the same same thing, you know. And he talked. He even he talked about the Steelers' toughness, you know. He's saying we they don't have those players anymore, you know. That's I know that's a different different discussion, but that might be something that we consider drafting people as well. You know, we need to get some guys with an edge, you know. Yeah. But, you know. I, I talked about weeks ago losing Ramon Foster may have hurt our toughness on the on offensive line because he was he was known as you know that the guy that doesn't put up with any crap on the offensive line, you know, yeah. and, and we don't have that anymore. You know, Pouncey will you know obviously Pouncey will fight if he has to. We've seen that, but you know that toughness and, and you know Pouncey's just I think he's gone to the point where he's just you know. He's, 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 I think he's 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 done pretty much. I, I, I don't think he has much left in the tank. Look, he had six. He's credited six fumbles, turnovers this year, for for last. I'm sorry, last two years, last two seasons, six turnovers. 
in all his career before that, he was only credited with two. I mean, he's constantly getting pushed back into Ben's face. Uh, you know, I know I'm, you know, I'm jumping around here a lot, but yeah, I mean that that pushback. I was going to mention that. That was that was shocking. <laughs> Disgust to let the guy get completely under his pads, pushed him straight back into Ben. It was awful. It's one of the worst blocks I've seen from any of any of our lines. It's bad. And 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 the snaps. I mean, we got we're getting onto pouncy bashing, but that was a, a four, almost a 14 point swing there, right? Yeah. Because you got the. On, you know, we've we talked about the snaps for ages, but they've really reared their head in this game. And, they, you know, obviously the one at the start, but then the one on the fourth and one at the, you know, it was just, like, I don't know, pure, pure luck or just some magical moment from Ben and Connor to be able to convert that. Because that, you know, that nearly that nearly cost that touchdown. So, you know, the, we've sort of joked about the snaps. Aha, you know, terrible snaps that sort that out as a minor thing, you know, compared to what he actually does. But that is a major thing that happened in that game. Yeah. So, I mean, be sorry to see him retire, but well, some of the uh, one of the commentators, I can't remember which one it was, said this is an unusual thing for Pouncey to do. This doesn't happen. We've been saying about this for about at least two or three years now that there's dodgy snaps going on with with Pouncey. It's not a new thing. It's not. A, it's not a sudden revelation that everyone's had. Oh, he's not very good at it now. It's been happening for a while. Apparently, he's got more more bad snaps in any other centre in the league. He's like the worst in the league at it. Yeah, yeah. But um. Going going back to um to Randy, you know how much I love a bit of Randy bashing. Um, I think it was uh Gab that mentioned um might have been last week actually about how maybe uh, Matt Canada was given the reins um as OC against the against the Browns, um, and whether I'm wondering if anyone saw any difference in this to the previous uh, previous uh, game against the Browns. Just I mean I know there was obviously. As we said about Dobbs not being included, which was a big disappointment, and I, f- I feel like that was the creativity of. I'm hoping that's the creativity of of, uh, of Matt Canada, because that's the guy I'm hoping sort of going to take over the reins. But if uh, Randy's creativity is giving the ball to Derek Watt twice, if that's the one he's tucked in his back pocket <sighs> for the playoffs, oh, don't worry, boys, I've got this one. I've got this great play. I'm going to hand the ball twice to Derry Watt and see what happens. If that's his creative play, he is not a creative guy at all. Not, not that this is a, a new thing. We know he's not a creative guy. But if that's the thing that he saved for the playoffs, we're lost with this guy. What, what's he doing here anymore? He needs to go. That, that is a great play to highlight, Dave. Could be. <laughs> it, yeah. It's, all, it's um, always one of these things where it's like, if I, you know, completely uneducated on the art, can sit here and tell you that that's the play that's about to be run five seconds before it runs. Then yeah. what? What are the Browns going to do? <laughs> yeah, what, what are we doing here? If if that's the creativeness of, of a guy of a guy that's being paid a lot of money to be an OC yeah. for one of the biggest teams in the NFL, what what's the what are we doing? What's the yeah. point anymore? Who who did uh, on the second one of those? Who did uh, what run into that had got Pouncy. blown? Pouncy blown up off, off the line straight into Pouncy. <laughs> So nicely, nicely segued between the two, though. <laughs> but then you can say the same thing about the, the defense. You know, like I think me and Richard talked about Cassius March before. You know what, oh. what was, and you know, I was saying, you know, I thought he was a good, and Rich was saying he's too small. Jeez, man, he's too small. <laughs> like the guy, you know, he he tries hard. I'll give him that. You know, but just losing Highsmith, that that really hurt this team. And but I, I was just thinking. Is it, is, it, is, is the depth chart so set that Ola can't switch over to the other side? Because they just sometimes, I mean, they're playing like with with Marsh, 
you know, he, he's kind of hanging over in the A gap sometimes or the B gap. Surely Ola can just do that. Like he's got, you know, he's, he's just thicker and stronger. And what, why, why is, why is, why is Marcy in so many snaps? What, what's Ola done? I didn't understand that at all. And then we, we, the only time I saw Ola really in the game was on the um, when he was out covering someone making a pass break up in the in the flat. I said, what, what's he doing there? Like, I, just, I, I don't understand. I, that, that, I guess it comes back to what I was talking about before. There's a three-four defense. They stick to it. You know, if you're there, you're there, and that's what you do. You do, you do, you do a multitude of jobs. You've got to be versatile. I, I didn't understand keeping Marsh out there for that amount of snaps. I don't understand him them signing Marsh. I mean, I, I guess it was for special teams, but he's he can't even tackle on special teams. I I I don't understand. I would have much rather signed James Harrison to a one-game contract. I'm not even kidding. I'm serious. I'm not. He always keeps himself in shape. I guarantee he would have played better than Marsh did. Marsh got blown up in the run so many times. I I I struggled. I really tried to find something good that he did that entire game. He got he got loose a couple times only because no one blocked him and he rushed the quarterback. You know, he didn't get to him in time. But he he I, he couldn't he couldn't he had no pass rush at all. I just I don't I don't get it, man. That was such a wasted signing. There has to be somebody out there better than that guy that, that they could have could have used. And I agree with you, Gavin. Absolutely. I don't care if all is comfortable or not on that side. Throw him in there. He's 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 not that great either right now, to be honest with you. He didn't play a very good game either, but he's a heck of a lot better than Marsh is. Yeah, at least he doesn't suffer from the lack of strength that, that Marsh seems to. Right. And, and then I was thinking they'll be sitting here, I think episode one of this podcast, we bemoan the loss of Tuzar Skipper. Tuzar was this the, the potential Tuzar Skipper game, you know, where he would have come in and, and made a play or two and then, you know, could have turned it around. It's just those sliding door things where he got claimed off waivers, you know, and we bemoaned it. He did come back, but, you know, maybe that was his lost opportunity. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, he never, got the, he never got the chance, did he? Yeah. You know, and you end up with the guy, you know, off the street from the Colts. So, yeah. Um, Lost opportunity. Yeah, yeah. we've bounced all over the place because of the kind of game this has been. Um, I know you're going to have more to say on some guys, so hit me with some takes. And bear in mind, I'm having no fun talking about this game, Rich. Uh, Gav, sorry, <laughs> both, both of you, Rich and Gav, no fun. <laughs> Give me something fun. What do you want? Uh, fun. Uh, James Pierre, Boswell tell me about him. Well. Oh, Boswell, yeah. James Pierre, James Pierre was good, man, and that like, he's, he, you know, he seems to have jumped lane for his mental errors. He, he, he seems, I mean, you know, Hay, is Hayden gone? That's an, every conversation is going to come back to this free agency thing. Is Hayden gone? Do you re-sign Hayden? You know, I mean, that's like a massive. Or do you try and restructure him, extend him? But if not, is do they have? You know, they're going to hit cornerback in the draft. Their history of drafting cornerbacks not so great. They've got. Um, Lane and Pierre, I mean, what, uh, do we think they're good enough to go with? I think I love Lane's man skills, but he seems to make mental errors. Pierre's got some pace and like, nice fluid hips we saw in the game. I don't know, but are they, are they just squad players? I don't know. Something like that. But you, you like James Pierre, and he did make a hell of a play, didn't he? Yeah, he did. So that, that's good. <laughs> Tomlin seems to like him. Wait, what are you talking about, Hayden? Hayden? Hayden's not going anywhere, is he? Well, I mean, are we going to. Are we going to. His, his cap hit is monumental. Ah, right, okay. So. I mean, he's he's a cut candidate, basically. It's just, just, I mean, yeah, you could keep him. Let me just put it up here. Uh, he is on. Uh, he is set to earn. His cap number is fourteen million. Fifteen, fifteen million, fifteen point five million next year. So do you? And if you cut him, 
you would save seven million. Now, I think I think he's your number one corner. You've got to keep him, but I mean, we're in, you know he's another one. Just you could you if you blow things up, you could cut him, right? I mean, yeah. yeah. I think this team was was seriously hurt by him not being out there. But if we're tanking and we need cap space, do you do you? We, Not tanking, we, we but, won't know. tank. We, we won't be even be one of those teams that uh, this will be an active rebuild if it's anything. This is not a team that's going to, you know, blow so, it up. So as the... if, it's, if it's an active rebuild, do you keep a player like Joe Hayden around, who's thirty-one, mm. you know, in the, entering in the last year of his contract, fifteen million against the cap for a cornerback? That's that is very good, but but then Cam Sutton's a free know. agent. You know, we're going to have to re-sign him, or what? We you know, we've got to fill that place. Well, yeah, it would allow you to make some other signings, wouldn't it? I mean, you think in 2019 his cap number was Hayden's cap number was 8.8 million in 2020, it was 9.6, and then it's you know it jumps up to nearly 16 million. I mean, so you know, it's it's just every it's this is the thing the Steelers' philosophy is to extend, right? Extend, and we've hit this like crossroads where everything's coming due at the same point, you know, it's like you, you. you keep putting everything on the tab at the bar, and at some point it's got to be paid. Well, it's going to be paid this offseason. And it's, there's a number of different ways you could go. Joe Hayden is one way you could go. You know, you could cut him and save yourself seven million against the cap. Hmm. So I don't know. That's that's a tough one. Sorry, it, it was meant to be positive, and it was. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thanks, Good job, Kev. <laughs> um. Any other guys? What else have you got in this game before? Because I want to move on off the game. What what else have you got that you want to talk about from the game? The only thing I had was that it's the end of the sack streak. No more. I was going to ask um, about that. Does that count in the playoffs? Does that count in the playoffs? It was back to back games, wasn't it? Yeah, it was back to back games, so it included playoff games. Oh, so Um, it did end. Oh, Oh, damn. No sacks and no QB hits either. So we got absolutely nothing on Baker. Whole game. He stayed completely clean. He could have took his jersey off and won the next game. He was very good from a, but you've got to give it, you've got to give some credit to the Browns. They they played a good game. They 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 out physical on both sides. Baker played a good game. It was one of the, the better games I've seen him play. I mean, he was throwing from a clean pocket a lot of the time, which just astounds me why that happened, but it did. But you know, if 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 a quarterback can raise their game when they're not getting pressure, then you know it means that they're a good quarterback at least. You know, or that, or that they. You know that they can play the positions, and and he proved that he could, you know, find the holes, and and the running game was was great, and you know, so you got you got to give credit to them. I think I think actually, you know, it was uh, the Steelers did it to themselves, but you know, they, and the Browns just about hung on, but you know, there it, it was two teams in this game. Yeah, it, it was. Just, I said it on Twitter after the game. It was just a stupid, stupid game. You know, it it was so eminently winnable, and we just we did just throw it away so early. It was just a, it was just a stupid game. I hated it. It didn't make any sense, you know. And it's the same with this team, right? It's just withered away, and you don't want to be the team that backs into the playoffs, which is what we did. You want to be the team like the Bills or the Ravens, even whatever, who are storming into the playoffs and getting better every week, right? And you know, we'd kind of been tentatively saying this, but there was still some positivity around it, and I think a lot of that was to do with the Colts game, the second half of that Colts game, right? But that was all we saw in the last six games. We went one and five in the last six games. You know, this team changed and it ran out of steam for a number of different reasons that we spoke about week after week after week, I think. And that's all I have to say on the matter. Well, the, the whole season we've depended on the defense 
really, to, to win our games. Four, four of our five losses, the Steeler D did not get a turnover. Mm. So that, that says a lot right there. You know, and, and, and when you play the kind of game that the defense played, I mean, yeah, we turned the ball over five times. You can't win a game turning it over five times. But in the end, if our defense plays decent, just decent, we win that game. Mm-hmm. We win that game. I think the, the nail in the coffin was when we were down 28 nothing, and then, then Ben drove us down the field and we scored, and we were 28-7 towards the end of the first half. When they got that sustained long drive right at the end of the first half, and they drove down and made, scored and made it 35-7, for me that was nail in the coffin right there. Mm. You're down four touchdowns going into halftime. I think we drove down and got a field goal before half, but that that was it. We we could not stop them when we had to, and that was kind of a common theme with the game. We just couldn't. We very few people on defense had a good game. Even Mike Hilton had a bad game. Yeah, yeah. He yeah, missed yeah. a number of key tackles. That long, that middle screen to uh, Chubbs. Remember, from uh, forty, I think it was forty-yard touchdown. The middle screen. Williams got Williams got completely nullified by his blocker and tried to make a tackle. He couldn't make it. And then Hilton had a shot at him, and he completely whiffed on the tackle. Yeah, that was that was a great block by that. This was just was astounding well, that the, the, there was the Browns. No block Hilton, it was Sorry? a good. It was a good block on Williams. He yeah, he. The guy drove Williams down the field, but nobody blocked Hilton. He just missed a tackle. Yeah, yeah, it was poor tackling. But but then the the other person that I think, I don't think he was right was Edmonds because, Edmund, what I think Edmonds being the box safety a lot of the time, Minka was down in the box and and Edmonds was back, which is is to my mind you're playing both players out of position there and it, and it showed up because, I just I think. I said it before. Edmonds, I think, was still suffering from a shoulder injury. Didn't want to commit. Couldn't tackle, and 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 just didn't look himself out there. If he's had a good season, this was his, by far his worst game this year. And and then and then Minka was down in the box doing what Edmonds usually does. You know, buzzing around the box. You know, is he going to blitz? Is he going to cut back? And 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 just he just missed out. And a couple of times he was you know seen falling at players' feet when should have been making a tackle. When really you want him back making play, you know driving onto the ball from from the deep safety position. So I, I wonder if, if injuries were the, the final, you know, that's what killed this this dry, this this run from the, from the moment Bush went down and it was what the final the final straw that broke the camels back in, in this game. Well they they blitzed Minka for the first time this year and, and I think after they did that and maybe you're right, maybe they had him play more down in the box because it had been shoulder, but they, they I saw them blitz Minka two or three times. They haven't done that all year, so that was that was kind of odd. I think that must be it can only be the the only explanation that Edmonds wasn't right. And he just he just looked dead on his feet, Edmonds as well. He just he looked heavy footed and slow and just wasn't ready. But I mean, who else? I guess they didn't want to throw Sean Davis out there. And I I definitely think this team is as is is lacking a kind of coverage linebacker as well since. Mark Barron left. It's you know it, they need they need that dimebacker position. They've tried to play um, Marcus Allen, and, he, and he's he's done a good job in converting. But I think I think that's another position they need in the draft. They need someone out there that can can can, can blitz. You know, like, like a Mike Hilton, but a bit bigger and a bit tougher that can match up against tight ends and running backs in the backfield. But and and then can also cover. I mean, it's it's a big ask, but I, I do think it's a, a position that's lacking on this team. I agree. I, I would actually like to see them find someone that can replace Williams. I, I I think he's adequate. I think he has his moments. For me, he's more of a big hitter than a great tackler. Because, you know, he, he made his bones on special teams by just de people. I mean, I, I've, I went to a couple games 
I remember his hits, man, that you hear them throughout the stadium. He can hit, but I don't think he's a great tackler. I don't think he's a great inside linebacker. I think he's adequate. And it, it, that's, you know, that's another thing. You're right. I agree. That's another thing we need to find in the draft or somewhere. Yeah, Williams is a fantastic role player. I don't think he's a everyday. Spillane, Spillane has shown that he deserves, definitely deserves another shot. I think he, he's got a role on this team as a kind of all-round linebacker, right? He's not he's not particularly ex- excellent in any p- particular role, but he does he, he's kind of like your Swiss Army man, Dave, in the linebacker position. He do, does does yeah. a lot of things. Surprisingly, he does co- he does cover quite well for a guy of what well, doesn't look like he will, but he he does seem to cover quite well. But I think we need a specialist coverage linebacker to back up these guys to give them a chance, you know, throw them out there on third down and and can still defend a run, you know. I yeah. wanted to ask you about Spillane actually cuz I I felt throughout the game that he was being used too much not not as a in a negative way like i didn't have any faith in him but he's coming off an injury and he's being thrown back in at the deep end he played in terms of snap percentage he played more snaps than he's played since um week six versus the browns he's he played a lot 88 percent of the snaps williamson played 19 percent was a guy who's been including a lot made a lot of tackles he can be swapped out with this guy. How you know he's just come off an injury, probably not quite back up to the same standard as everyone else. Give him a give him a break now and then. You've also got him in playing um, 34 percent of the special team snaps as well. He's doing a lot coming off injury. I mean, I, I don't know. Obviously, I don't see, I see this guy training. I don't know how up to up to scratch he is in terms of his, of his fitness and stuff. But it seems like a lot to me. That's that's heavy use for a guy coming off injury. Is it just me? Yeah, I think you're right. You know, they could have spelled him a lot more with Williamson. I mean, Williamson is limited, but you know, put him in on on rundowns. This team, the Browns are going to run it, and he he could have been a more useful asset than, than he was used. So you're absolutely right. Just some, just just some. Who 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 choose? You know, who whose fault is it? You know, no Dobbs. You know, why 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 Wormley's out there so often? Is it is it the coordinators? I guess it is, but uh, it's just some some head scratching decisions made pre-game even. One of the debates was uh, that I've seen a lot is should we have rested players last week? Is is that a tired argument? Uh, I don't know. Possibly. I mean, they did, but I mean, no, I'm, 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 as, as in, yeah. I'm, as in, should we not have done that? You know, should we have? Uh... Oh, right. Okay. Uh, that, that that happens every. Either way you go, that always happens, right? Yeah. yeah. Well, we, we were saying last week about we want. Well, I know I wanted to see some momentum. I wanted to see that what we were seeing in the second half of the last game wasn't just a mirage. It wasn't, yeah. you know, some fake thing that didn't exist next week. And apparently it didn't exist next week. It didn't appear until, well, until late on so, in any form. I feel like this team needed to ride into the playoffs, you know. I, I, I can't help but feel that way now, you know. And, you know what? We could have knocked the Browns out of the playoffs last week. <laughs> so, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. It's frustrating, um, but there's a lot of debates to be had. Um, the other one, which it f- feels like is kind of the culmination of all of this, um, and I think I know where everyone will fall in it. But but you know, there's a lot of a lot of anger in this room right now. I can I can feel it. It's tense. Um, is the Tomlin debate three playoff victories since t- 2011? I'm seeing a lot of people. The Tomlin haters are back out. The train is on the tracks, Gav. Um, mm-hmm. We've got issues with players. We've got issues with in-game decision making. We've spoke about it all for the last hour. Um, what is Tomlin's future with this thing? But I don't, I don't see him going anywhere. And how, how long is his, how long is his rope? How long is his rope? You know, is he? I think, 
I think it's very long. Very long. Very long. I, I, I'm happy with that, but I, I just wondered if anyone had a dissenting I, opinion. I think the Roonies have a discussion with him. I think there's words had. Not say on the hot seat, but the the seat is the, the the sort of what's those special heated seats where you turn up and it heats up your bum. It, you know, it's being turned up a little bit. It's on maybe two right now. Just just let you know that we're watching you a little bit. You know, our eyes on you. But I, 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 I don't think they're in any sort of um, rush to to get rid of him as much as the Tomlin haters would like. I mean. In terms of Tomlin's bad decisions, it was the it was the punch, right? That was that's the big biting point for people in terms of Tomlin haters. And I'm not a big fan of it. I wasn't a big fan of him deciding to put in those situations. The the biggest thing that annoyed me about that was the fact that he spent sent special teams out there trying to draw them offside. And oh yeah, we're 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 famous for, you know, all these trick plays we're doing on special teams at the moment, aren't we? You know, we do all these Fake fake punts and stuff. We're not yet. We're not doing that. If if you get, if your intentions to draw someone offside, let Ben stay out there. Ben's, you know, he's, you know, he's not doing it all the time, but he's, you know, he's, it's been done. You know, he's got a cadence that can that can draw teams offside. So what's the point in sending a special teams outfit there hoping to do that? That was my sort of biggest bugbear with it. Um, but no, I, I don't think uh, I don't think Tom is going anywhere. But I think there is a bit of a like I say, maybe there's a little bit of heat behind him now. Maybe they're watching him. Yeah, it, it just start, it starts. To, when does it start to feel like the Marvin Lewis thing with the Bengals? You know, I know he never famously didn't win the playoffs at all, right? But it's kind of that vibe where we're great. We never go under eight hundred. Uh, sorry, under five hundred. I keep saying eight hundred. Never go to five hundred. Um, but we always have the same problems at the same time, and it stops us from getting. I, I, and that's kind of different, right? Because Tomlin's won Super Bowls and 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 whatnot, and so he has a longer leash, but. Uh, Doug Peterson's out the door with the Eagles. He won a Super Bowl three years ago, so I don't know. It's a different organization, but it's uh, and I, I don't want rid of Tomlin. I love Tomlin, but um, I just thought it was worth asking. That that's question. always the big argument, right? That's always the big argument, right? Of who who are you going to replace him with? Yeah. And I know yeah. there's three teams in the league who's going to be very happy when Tomlin goes. Yeah. You know, so who are you going to replace him with? At the moment, there's nobody. Well, reminds me a lot of the uh, Andy Reid situation when he was with Philadelphia. You know, he would get them so far. He was always getting them to the playoffs and get them so far, and then he couldn't get them over the hump. But then, you know, obviously we saw what happened with that. He had a, he, he got a new new opportunity, a new setting, and before you know it, he wins a Super Bowl. So, I don't know. Maybe, I don't know. I'm not for getting rid of Tomlin either. I, I, I'm... I'm not a big fan of his in-game decisions. Like it's just, it seems like that is a weakness on our coaching staff. I don't think the head coach, offensive coordinator, or the defensive coordinator, none of them are good at in-game decisions. And I think all that came to a head in this final, in this last game. It was a, it was a total team collapse, in my opinion. It was, yeah. You know, so I don't know. I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't cry about it if they, if they, they fired him and. Hired somebody new, but I, I wouldn't be I wouldn't be for it if I, if I was going to vote. I, I would I would definitely want him to stick around because I think he I think he is a good coach, but you know can he ever get us back to the to the Super Bowl? I I don't know. Mm. But what, I mean, you, you brought up Andy Reid. What changed with Andy Reid? Pat Mahomes changed, right? I mean, he wasn't close to the Super Bowl with with Alex Smith or Donovan McNabb, but. 
I mean, they got there. You know, they got into the playoffs enough times with those guys, but never, never got over the hump, like you say. Yeah. But then you get, you get the, you know, so it's, it's fleeting. You like, you know, Doug Peterson wins the Super Bowl. How much of that was him? How much of that was his coordinator? How much of that was just a magical run? How much of it was, you know, the one play with the, you know, the the, the Philly special? You know, they they fired him because they want to keep Wentz. I don't know. These people that just want to constantly fire everyone. <laughs> I, I, yeah. I think it's the answer. Uh, yeah, um, I've heard there's some discussions about my seat as host of this podcast. Uh, <laughs> that's well, warming, there was rumours you were going to quit or not. not... <laughs> <laughs> I've heard there's like I'm, a violent I'm, I'm, coup coming I'm, from the inside. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Storming um, Winstanley Manor. <laughs> um, that's a tough assignment. I wouldn't want it. I wouldn't want it. Well, keeping, all... keeping all of us in these three barbarians you have to keep in line. I don't know. I couldn't do it. Well, Rich, if you notice, if you notice, the length of the podcast has steadily gone up since episode one, and, that, and that's just me gradually sort of giving up. <laughs> <laughs> We're currently around the three-hour mark, aren't yeah, we? Yeah. Right <laughs> um, right, let, let's end this so on a lighter note. We can start breaking into part one and part two. Then we know you've lost it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, never, never. <laughs> um, let's. On, on, I say lighter note. This is this is actually incredibly frustrating. It's one of the most frustrating things, but it's not specific to the game itself so maybe um it, it just moves us off that a bit um comments from both of our star wide receivers this week have, have hit the headlines um pre-game juju obviously everyone knows now um calls the browns nameless gray faces <laughs> the, the browns are the browns um and as soon as he said it i knew we were going to lose um <laughs> and then obviously you know baker mayfield's running around obnoxiously shouting browns are the browns and they're all singing nameless grey faces in the locker room, and you know what a surprise that happened. Now, in fairness, this was taken a little bit out of context. I felt like, but 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 it was still, you know, it was a deaf thing to say. Uh, and then after the game, Clay- Claypool's on some social media or something saying the Browns are going to get clapped next week. <laughs> so, and uh, it seems pretty obvious to me based on a few tweets I've seen that he's going to be uh, Matt Madden's next target if Juju leaves. Uh, which is a shame to see because you know the, the juju hater types will be transferred onto Claypool. Um, what are your thoughts on all these kind of things? Does this does, does this play into any AB stuff? I tweeted out this week. You know, comparing to AB uh, juju to AB is asinine because I've seen a few people doing that. that that's really annoying me. Um, but but at the same time, there is maybe something to be said about some of the looseness of lips going on around the Steelers, and there has been for some time. Um. Someone else take this. I, I don't, yeah, it's not analytical enough for Gav. We know that. <laughs> comparing these guys to AB is, as you say, it's 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 not a comparison you can make. What you know, one guy is a complete egomaniac with potential head trauma, and the other two are two guys who are still an effective part of the league and are effective members of, of teams. You know that they're, they're, you know, ones that. But one point was a potential rookie of the year. You know, it's it's um, it's you can't really compare the two. Yeah, maybe there is uh, some words that should be said of maybe keep your mouth shut when something pops into your head. Think, should I say it? But I, I like a bit of smack talk. I, I, I think it's a part of the game. I think it's a part of any game that's played by aggressive, maybe over aggressive at times. But young guys who are competitive, you, you've got to have a bit of that. You, you've got to you got to have people riled up and, and that bit of extra aggression, that extra bit of push can, can change things. So I'm not, you know, I wouldn't say 
100 percent of the time don't say it maybe the things maybe things shouldn't be said before games maybe they should be left, left till afterwards but it is true the Browns are going to get clapped. They are, you know, they're, they're facing the Chiefs, man. They're going to absolutely destroy it by the uh, Chiefs. I hope so, dude. I got a bad feeling about that game now. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it, it, I don't know, dude. Because both elements of it are frustrating me. You know, it, it's frustrating me the commentary that it's providing. But at the same time, I'm thinking, listen, you know the the situation you're in. You know, looking at Juju specifically, you know what the the media's like with you because of who you are and the kind of guy you are and the social media presence you have, you know, stick to your lane a little bit. Just, you know, you know you know what's going to happen when you make comments like this. I don't know. I don't, it, it's a little bit frustrating. It's like number 99 on my list of frustrating things, but it, it's there, you know. I got 99 problems and that's one. As, <laughs> so As long as, when it, when it pertains to Juju, as long as he keeps performing, he can say anything he wants. He can dance on any logo he wants. As far as I'm concerned, I just, I just if don't he's like that still performing on the field, I don't care. I don't like that the Browns then are, are you know running around after they've won the game, you know, quoting Juju like like I don't know. It's embarrassing, dude. It's embarrassing. It's it's. it's... Well, flip that on its head. It's so much better. <laughs> if if they won that game and if you know when you beat them, it's all the more sweeter that you you know that you were right. Yeah. It's like a media created thing to me, but it is largely yeah, it yeah. is largely. It's like they, have, you know, they, they they don't want to get into. They don't have sixty minutes to talk about, you know, the Steelers' defensive line personnel or whatever it is. So they blame it all on, you know, some TikTok dance by Juju because that's <laughs> easy and it gets headlines. It's not. I, I don't think it's real. I don't think it matters. No, but, it's not. It doesn't. And I, I agree with that. That's not my point, though. I don't think it impacts the game at all. My problem is that when you lose the game, it's embarrassing. <laughs> It's, it's JV shit. It's the, it's the kind of stuff the Browns would do, or the Bengals would do for years and years. And that plays into a culture around a team. I, I'm starting to sound like Matt Madden. I'm totally on Juju's side with this, but what I'm saying, what I'm saying is, is just have a bit of common sense with what you're saying sometimes. You know, I, We don't need this kind of look. I don't know. I don't know. Ah! Yeah, I, I mean, I mean there's, ah! there's a difference between, you know, assaulting moving people or whatever it is that AB was doing to, 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 to whatever Juju's done. He's done nothing wrong. I, I, you know, I don't know why right. I've ended up sounding like not... anti-Juju. I'm, I'm pro-Juju. <laughs> no, I, I know you're not. I know you're, not. You, you, you're doing the role of the host and you, you, you know, you're bringing a point which is, is big in the media, but I, that, that, I just, I, I hate all this. It's, it's, it's what Claypool says. He's, he's allowed to say whatever he wants, you know, he's, he's, he watches football. He's allowed to have an opinion. So what if he's a player? He's allowed to say who he thinks are going to win or lose. It's just, it's not disrespectful to the team. It's yeah. you know we we say way more worse things than that all the time. So <laughs> just uh, I'm not worried about Claypool. No. Okay, cool. I, I I'm worried about Claypool, but not, I'm not worried about him. I'm just worried the media's going to start you know targeting him a little bit. We'll see. What about Rich? What does Rich think? Uh, you know, <clears throat> I've never been a talker. I've never gravitated towards talkers. I'd rather just keep my mouth shut and let my actions do the speaking for me. It's not good and for the podcast like... medium, Rich. That's not good for the podcast medium. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> well, you know, I, I, you know, I, I do what I can, you know. So I'm, I'm trying, guys. But um, you, you know, I, I don't, I don't really care for it myself. It's not going to make me dislike the guy. Um, but I would, if I had my choice, I'd rather have a team full of animals who just keep their sh- their mouth shut and just destroy people on the field, you know, and and they, and they don't gloat about it or or celebrate it. They just go about their business. Walter Payton, I loved Walter Payton as a kid, 
because every time he scored a touchdown, he flipped the ball to the referee, just jogged back. Now, people might say, like, it doesn't mean I'm against celebrating and stuff like that. You know, it, it makes the game fun. It adds a little aspect to it. But for me personally, I, I just want those. I, w- I just want that team of silent killer. That's that's what I would prefer. And then you, you gain a lot of respect that way too. And I think you're feared when you talk. I don't fear anybody who talks. When you, the guy that keeps quiet, that's the guy you got to watch out for. And I think maybe that has something to do with it too. You know, because there are teams out there, and there are. You know, there's there's ex NFL players that I hear on these talk shows. They they think the Steelers are soft. They don't think the Steelers have that toughness anymore. Mm. Well, look at Troy, right? He was quiet as a mouse, but he, uh, he killed yeah. guys. Yeah. Perfect example, Dave. That, there you go, right there. Mm-hmm. Right. Let's let's rattle on. Let's move away from the the is game. That, it's... Is that is that that? That game dead and buried, yeah, six let, feet under. Are we yeah, done? yeah. I mean, I, th- I feel like it's going to come up for for months until we get to see another game, unfortunately. But uh, for now, let, let's put that to bed um, and move into some post game stuff. Because as you can imagine, when you get suddenly dumped out of the playoffs by surprise, um, a, a lot of moving and shaking starts to occur pretty urgently. So, if you've got that news drop, Gav, now would be the time to hit it. Um, I read today, uh, which gave me quite a, quite a, an alert, quite quite a, an upsetting turn. Uh, Colbert may be close to accepting an offer from the Lions to become their new J- GM. Um, although the Steelers have apparently not received any official requests to speak to him, which they should need. Um, Colbert's deal runs through to the end of April's draft. Um, any truth to this? Do you think? I mean, this being reported by. Um, sources, uh, as is often the case. Um, as we know, he's on a year-to-year contract with us. We, we didn't know what was going to happen last year. We spoke about it a little bit, and he re-signed for one year. Any concern that Colbert might be on his way out the door? Well, I mean, it would be the perfect time to leave. Mm. It would, right? If he's, not uh, sub- if he's not supposed to have spoken to anyone without permission, how have... I'm, I'm assuming he's, he's gotten, they've gotten permission to speak to him. Well, they haven't. So what they do is, you see, to, to get around, it's a loophole in the rules. I think Bill Belichick must have found it. Basically, they, they approach a window that, that you can see through, and they just lip read each other and hope that they get the general <laughs> gist of what's being said. Do you want a job? <laughs> yeah, what's well, the... he's not the only one, right? Because um, Omar Khan has been Khan, interviewed yeah. by the, yeah, the Panthers as well. So, is it like you just? This is what you do. You, you get, you get, you you just extend everybody until you can't. You've got. You're in a dead end, and then you just leave. Yeah, see ya. You're in a bad position. We've kind of run out of all of our. We've spent all of your get out of jail free cards. This would not be good. I mean, Omar Khan is, a, is our cap czar guy, right? So he, that would be the yeah, perfect time for him to, right? to bail. Um, yeah. So I've I've bungled this. I'm out of here. I mean, no, he hasn't. He's, he's an absolute genius with the numbers. He's one of the best in the league. But you know, it must be tempting to think, oh right. Panthers have got a bit of cap space. Yeah, maybe I'll go over there and work some magic. Yeah, make for an easier job, right? Sit around all day, feet up. Yeah, you want to spend that money on anyone? Sure. <laughs> um, I, I don't know. Colbert, one thing that we've said consistently is Colbert has been excellent with um, his finds in the draft, right? Uh, if you want to give him the credit for that. Yeah, but cornerback. Yeah, it's been brilliant. Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll not we'll not mention that. <laughs> There's been a few misses, but everyone's going to have misses. Um, but but some of the some of the steals in the draft did. 
So, uh, yeah, this would be a major loss. It's it's one to watch this week because I hope we'll hear more, or, or not, as the case may be. But, um, yeah, that's to keep an eye on him and Omar Khan because I think he would have been one of the presumptive guys to take over if Corbett left. Um, yeah. So he might be left kind of uh, empty-handed a little bit and, and without a clue what to do. Um, I'm guessing you, you, you would think he'd be a big loss as well, Rich? Oh, for sure. I, I think, yeah, I value Colbert. Colbert more than anyone, uh, coaching staff, front office, anyone. Um, I think it would be a huge loss for sure. I think that would be that would be running around with your hair on fire. If we wake up tomorrow morning and Khan and Colbert are both gone. Oh, my God. And Ben's sticking around. I mean, what? It's just, just, oh, geez. All right, you don't need to say anymore. I will graciously accept the position um, of GM of the Pittsburgh City. <laughs> I know that's what you're handling for, Gav. Um, maybe we could all do it, the four of us, you know, like, Combined, we'll split the salary. I don't mind. <laughs> I mean, we're about to, we're about to do the draft. Well, I was going to get onto what we're going to do in the off season. We're about to do all the draft analysis anyway. So I mean, we're really hitting two birds with one stone. Sure. Okay. I mean, last year we'd have drafted Claypool and Highsmith. Yeah. That's true. That's true. But it's all the contract negotiations. I'm, I'm not oh, sure we could. We'd, uh, come we'd up send with a Dave for creative. that. We'll send a Dave and Rich, and they can do good, good cop, bad cop. <laughs> we might upset some people when we take a punter in the first round. But, you know, we'll see how it goes. <laughs> um, second piece. When everyone else is sacked. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, second piece of big news. Uh, it's kind of maybe already been um, washed out, but I think it's interesting nonetheless. Uh, Jerry Dulac of the Post Gazette was reporting that sources have told him that Juju wants to play in a major market to expand his off-field brand and burgeoning social media presence, end quote. Um, now, just as I was about to start recording this podcast, I checked Twitter, as I, I often do, and Juju had replied directly to this and said, sources tell me that this is bullshit. He didn't say that exactly, but it was something to that effect. Um, to which I was like, yes, Juju. Because when I read this, I thought, oh, no. like Juju's always the kind of dude that strikes me as, like, you know, he loves the city and whatnot, and and he kind of would stay around if he if he absolutely could, you know, if he was given any opportunity to, uh, at, you know, a relatively decent market rate. But uh, I just keep. Well, he being... said so, right? He said he wants to stay in Pittsburgh. Right? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then... Sorry, Rich. Yeah, he put out a statement after the game that you know really it was very very evident that he he loves Pittsburgh and he wants to stay with the Steelers. Yeah. Yeah, and that, when I saw that, I was really buzzing. And then when I saw this report, I was really down. And then when I saw Juju tweet that that was that was bullshit. And then the best part was somebody had replied to him with um, like one of these Snapchat things that he had sent ages ago. That was him saying he could cap another four years in this city or whatever as he was driving around. Don't know why he's on his phone while he's driving, but we'll get to that. Um, and he just replied to that. It's not like, illegal. Is it not illegal, really? No. Okay, weird. Anyway, sidetrack. Um, he replied to that sort of with a bunch of uh, emojis with a, with sunglasses on. So it sounds to me, is what I'm saying, <laughs> if my understanding of uh, you know Gen Z emoji culture is right, that Juju wants to stay in Pittsburgh and that he would take a bit of a discount to do it because the going rate is going to be somewhere over 16 million is what I'm hearing. And he ain't getting that here, I don't think. No. But then how, uh, how much of a discount I'm, I'm was he willing to take? I don't know. Yeah, I mean, is he? Has he answered the question we were asking two off seasons ago? Is he a number one? I think he's answered a different question though. 
Because I don't think... <laughs> That's not the question you're asking. <laughs> That's not the question you're asking when you're going to pay them £60 million, is it? Or another team's going to... Uh, uh, that, 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 that's what they're asking. You don't pay a, a number two receiver £60 million or whatever. You just don't do it. I think I've said it before. That he is the He's the veteran receiver that we need right now. We've got a lot of young guys and we need that guy who is... Almost not as old as Larry Fitz, but he's the Larry Fitz of the team. That's the the guy who's dependable, knows where to be, wily sort of receiver who's not afraid to do those sort of, do the dirty work and put his body on the line a little bit. He's the guy we need. So yeah, he he does deserve that money. He needs that money. Is he, you pay him sixty million. Wow. I would at the moment, yeah. If he was willing to take it, I don't know what it would need to be. I haven't, you know, we haven't looked into it, but. If he was willing to take whatever it was that we needed to to offer him, assuming that you know, assuming that it's relatively fair, it's you know, we're not offering him nine million, uh, then yeah, I would want to sign him because I think he he does offer something. That that was what I was saying. He answered a different question: Is he a number one? Is he a number two? I don't know. I don't think this team operates in number ones and number twos. I think. Sorry, <laughs> that made me laugh. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, I think when you look at DJ That's and Claypool, <laughs> yeah, you look at DJ and Claypool and uh, Juju and what they do or can do together. Um, I don't care if he's a number one or a number two or a number three in that system. Like he's doing something that those other guys don't do, and we've spoke about that. And and paying what he needs to be paid to do it. Can could you if he was if he left and you didn't replace him with anything other than a draft pick? How much of a drop off would there be? I think you're trying to coax me to say not a lot because of James Washington, but I think there would be. Who's doing that job so... across the middle? Well, Ebron. Think... Well, let's, is Ebron going to be a cap casualty? We'll get to I... that. <clears throat> I think. I think. Drop. Sorry, go on, Dave. Are we calling him drop? Is, is there some sort of witty drop bron? Or can we work the word drop into well, your it's not, it's, not, it's not drop bron. <laughs> I can't tell you that. <laughs> it's, I don't know. It, uh, with um, Do you think Washington's sort of doing an equal and opposite, in an equal job to what Juju can, can do? As much as I like, as I like Washington, he's, he's, I mean, he's proven himself to be a game changer multiple times and yet they still don't use him enough. But is he... And equal to Juju? He's we, haven't, not, we haven't really haven't had a chance to see it, though, have we? But go on, what are you going to say, Rich? He's not as versatile. I think Juju is the most versatile receiver on the team. If you look at what he was asked to do in his rookie season, um, compared to what he's asked to do now, it's, it's a different game for him. And he, but he does it all equally really well. You know, He can be your deep threat if you, if you need it. He doesn't have the great speed, but he the guy finds a way to get open. You know, and he can go over the middle. He can he can do the short routes. He's super versatile, and I, I think it would be substantial loss to the to the receiving uh, to the receiving room for sure. I, I think you know, um, I just think he's I just think he's a necessary part of this offense right now, and, and I would definitely try to resign the guy. Yeah, I don't know. I, I'm really stuck on this because I I think you know you look at the the free agent market. There's so many wide receiver free agents coming up this year but there's hardly any number ones there's Alan Robinson that's about it every other one is a number two receiver and I think Juju is in that in that mode now there's different kinds of number twos like there's Will Fuller who's a number two but not in in any way similar to Juju Smith-Schuster how many of those ones you know and then there's Danny Danny Amendola those kind of types coming up and Corey Davis 
is 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 Juju going to be able to command more than those people on on the free market? You know, probably. So, he, he, you know, his age is is going to make him an, 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 you know an attractive target. It would just be in war and it gets out of control. I don't think they should chase it because you just this team drafts wide receivers as well. There's 40 wide receivers again coming in in the league this year. What you know, at what point, what, what do you price his contribution to the team compared to a draft pick and reallocating that money somewhere else on the team? Yeah, but we need so much. Do you really want to have to drive draft a receiver again? If you can re sign him, you don't have to draft a receiver. You you got five capable guys, and, and I mean we we need a lot. I, I I wouldn't mind not having to worry about drafting a receiver in this next draft. So you think just lock him up and just don't draft one? Yeah, I wouldn't draft one. I don't I don't think we need one if if we can lock him up. You know they're all young. We have a very young receiving core. Is it nice to grab a receiver every year in the draft? Yeah, that's nice. You never know what you're going to get. You know you can add depth, but we need so much. I mean, we we could possibly need a tackle, a center, you know, a tight end. Yeah. You know, I yeah, mean, you wanna... it's, it's I mean, not to mention what we're going to lose on defense. Yeah. We're going to have to draft a corner. I mean, what do we need worse, a corner or a tackle? Who knows? We're going to need them both probably. I mean, I don't know. I think it'd just be nice not to have to worry about that position for one draft. And if Colbert goes, we might be unable to draft a, a receiver anyway that's of any value. Yeah, might lose, might lose that <laughs> Midas touch. Yeah, yeah. I, I hear what you're saying, Gav. I, I do. It is a valid, a valid concern when there's a lot of positions that need it. We're going to have to wait and see, as as with many things, um, where we are in a few. I don't know when it's going to be announced what, what the cap is next year, but where we are with that, who stays, who goes. Um, but 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 the options there, right? And he seems open to it, and he seems keen to do it, which is at least enticing, I think. I mean, how many? Uh, you just uh, think about Colbert. How many times has he paid a wide receiver? Like paid in top not market market Not very often. We've seen this team let multiple wide receivers, players that have hurt as much as what it will hurt Juju leaving. We've seen them go right, and you know at, at, they 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 managed to keep Antonio Brown around on a cheap deal, and look what it did. It made him resentful, and he he ended up hating the team. You know, so I just think this is part of his philosophy. It's like a rolling production line of draft picks. You know, some teams do it with other positions. The, the, the Steelers do it with, with with wide receiver, and and you can see why. I mean, it's a very important position, but it's one that the college game produces bucket loads of, and and he can find them. He can find a Deontay Johnson in the later rounds. So. Why pay? Why overpay? Well, the salary cap may that that may do it. That may do Juju in as far as being a a future stealer. Um, that's that's the big thing. That I mean, that everything is going to revolve around that. Right this year, we had one hundred ninety-eight million. You know, at the beginning of the season, I would have, or, or last year, I never would have thought I'd see a salary cap go down. But there's a decent chance that it will go down to one seventy-five. And then we're and then we're done. I mean, we're going to lose so much of our team. I don't know if there's anything we can do about it to that point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, we're we're including Roethlisberger. We're we're under we're two hundred two point five million. <clears throat> so I mean, we're already over without without re-signing any of the free agents. Yeah, thank you, COVID. 
Appreciate it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Right, scrap it all. Uh, cut everyone. Um, trade down. Let's draft a bunch of kids. Let's go. Let's just go be Miami. Um, right. Let's move on. Let's talk about the rest of the playoff slate uh, very quickly because we need to make our picks. Um, oh, yeah. It does. Yeah, do you want to talk us through what happened last week, Gav? Do you, have you got that? Yeah, there was one clear winner in the picks, and uh, that was Dave. Nearly, if the Steelers had won, he would have picked every game right. Wow. Wow. Nice job. I'm interested to know, would I have got the, the fanfare if I'd have got that last one? If, I, if the you would have done, one? you would have definitely, definitely, oh, 100%. I mean, you, were, you, were, you had the, as I said, you were very, very close. You know, I to pick the gutted. Back. I was doing so well, I picked the Rams as well. I took that, that, that ballsy pick, if I'm going to say so myself, um, of the Rams, and that one yeah. came in. Yeah. And then the Steelers, well, they, they screwed yeah. it for me, they fucked it up for me. Cheers, Steelers. Yeah. Yeah. So, with that said, you're the only person to score points this week. So it was a, a strange week. So you've left me in the league and you've, you've caught up with Cy. Rich, Rich is in the lead by one point. So uh, we're kind of narrowing, getting down to the end now. Rich did so, a good uh, job of it. making it not as important, these playoff games, didn't he? <laughs> he nailed it. You know what? You know, okay. They always say, you know, that the, the, wanting the, to do things fair... And, you know, but hey, if you want to, if you want to completely turn this upside down and have a point for every playoff game, go at it. No, no, I like your, like your system. What are we going to do this week? Are we going to do three points? I mean, one point for three wins and then two points for all four or what are we going to do here? Because we're into the final bit here where we've got no, no, uh, no, yeah. no Steelers score or. One for three, two for four. I'm fine with that. Okay. Is that okay with everyone else? Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, sure. Okay. Okay, so I'm going Packers, Packers and Chiefs to win the the seeded, seeded teams, and then uh, Bills and Saints. That's what I'm doing. I have the exact same. I do now. I do. Not good for me. I won't be catching you up. Maybe, maybe that was a. I, I could say that was some sort of intentional thing, but it wasn't. That was just pure <laughs> happenstance. You were too quick. You were too, it was too quick. <laughs> Okay, and who's going to zig? Who's going to pick the Ravens to win? It's a bit of a tough one, isn't it? Um, I am going to go uh, Packers to beat the Rams. I will that s- seems obvious, right? Yeah, that I mean, seems obvious. Just that, that was a painful game. I mean, it, nice defensive football, but it just seemed like... I mean, we saw Schottenheimer get fired. There's been a little little thing on the little thread on the Facebook group this week, thanks to Phil Bridge. But um, uh, yeah, that was just a painful game. I don't know what happened to the Seahawks. They just imploded, and then I mean, it just seems like it just seemed like Goff couldn't throw. I mean, tough watch. They're in a tough spot. Sorry. Um, yeah. That Ravens Bills game is tempting, dude. Um, but I've been Good down. Game. That's the one I'm looking forward to most. Yeah. I... I feel like the the Bills keep like proving me wrong whenever I doubt them, though. So maybe it's time that I jump on the Bills train. But then that's you know, when you know they'll lose. It's getting in my own head now. Um, now I'll stick with the Bills on that. Uh, I would love to take the Browns of the Chiefs, but I'm not going to do it out of pure will. But I am going to take the Bucks to beat the Saints because the Saints are obsessed with losing the playoffs in heartbreaking fashion. Uh, and something tells me that I'm going to be sat on Super Bowl Sunday 
having to watch like some team I hate in the AFC, like the Ravens, play the Bucks and have to like decide whether I want to see Antonio Brown and Tom Brady win or Lamar Jackson and the Ravens. <laughs> Are we doing bold predictions or not? Because I've got I've got one, and if we're not doing one, I'll just say it now. I wasn't going involves... to. I didn't have anything. Uh, let's not do one. Yeah, let's not do one. Uh, but my, if we were going to do one, I had uh, Ant- Antonio Brown to get ejected for getting into a fight with Chauncey Gardner Johnson. <laughs> That's a good one. <laughs> he's like he's gets into so many fights, doesn't he? So I thought that would be a good one. Right, can't reach. What's your what's your teams? Packers, Bills, Chiefs, Bucks. Ooh, same as Si. Right, no, I'm switching to oh. Ravens. Screw the Bills. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> And I want to catch Rich. <laughs> so hang on, let me just record this. Packers, Jill, Packers, Chiefs, Bills, Bucks, you said, Rich. Yes. Okay. And you're changing yours to the Ravens over the Bills. Yeah. If you Sorry. remember, I actually switched to the the football team last week after Rich co- <laughs> like coaxed me into it. So. I, oh, this... that's right. I forgot about that. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry about that. So, yeah. <laughs> We almost yeah, had I was it. Surprised. When I uh, when I look back into the spreadsheet, and two of you had the team in. I was like, oh, really? We had oh, belief in the team. I'm quite pleased. Poor uh, team. What are they going to do, man? I mean, they're they're <laughs> dead. That, that's like the worst time to to get into the playoffs when you don't have a quarterback and you you cut your first round draft pick from a few years ago. They are. They're like the Steelers, but even worse because they don't even have a Ben Roethlisberger. Dude, I mean, they, have, they have. Are you kidding? They have Tyler Heineke. This dude's the best quarterback okay. we've seen You're since right. like Peyton Manning. You know who Heineke reminds me of? Why, yeah. Mr. Brock Purdy, who's he's fallen well out of all draft contention. But I still think if the Steelers took him in the fifth round, could 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 come good. Because if you think if you think Heineke's good, Purdy is is exactly that. Slightly too small, super accurate, quite mobile, elevates everyone around him. Yeah. All right, don't, don't get me started on that because okay. the train seems to have moved. Everyone, everyone's moved off the the Brock. I'm the last guy standing on the flaming train heading towards off They're, the edge of the cliff. Everyone's on the Big Mac train now. <laughs> I'm not on that train. <laughs> um, okay, uh, I want to talk about before we before we go to everyone's favourite corner. Um, I want to just quickly mention the plans because this is where everybody leaves. Right, they've listened to this show, they've enjoyed it, and how upbeat we've been for the last hour and a half. And then they turn it off and they don't they don't listen again until uh, week one of the regular season. Do we need to like re-record the, the beginning and say that don't leave, keep <laughs> listening for the rest of the year because we actually have some quite interesting conversations actually. I thought last season, last yeah. season, yeah. well the draft start, but even after the draft, I thought it was quite it was, was better than listening to nothing. The off season is UK Pittsburgh Steelers podcast. That's not even the name of this podcast. Whatever the name of this podcast is, it's that season because. We get off the rails, you know. We're not held to any kind of uh, structure or system. I look back at last year and what we did, and uh, those are some of the best times of our lives, you know. Yeah, it's, it's our time. Our time. <laughs> um, yeah, I just say, I love that gleaming review from Gabby. It's better than better than listening to nothing. <laughs> <laughs> it's better than sitting in a room in silence for an hour. Better than white noise, you know. <laughs> listening to your tires go along, you know, wet road. I think oh, I don't listen to it anymore. <laughs> if you've just, just had if you've just had a baby or something, maybe put it on in their room when you put them to bed. Just let them. Yeah, listen. Well, there's some some people using angle grinders outside. You know, you can drown it drown it out with, with us. <laughs> um. Anyway, <laughs> I just wanted to mention 
what we what we plan to do in the off season, and the answer to that, I suppose, is we don't know yet. But I was looking back last year, and we did a lot of interesting stuff, kind of between now and the Super Bowl. Obviously, we kind of do a show before the Super Bowl. We'll talk about that. We'll keep talking about the playoffs, but um, I imagine we'll probably do kind of like an in review thing, like we did last year, to kind of review the season and stuff. So there's a few interesting episodes before the the playoffs, but then of course it's draft season, right? And that's when we can dive deep until April, uh, into all the different various positions and whatnot in the draft, uh, and that'll be fun. So if you're interested in that, stick around. Um, anything else to say? Any other plans? Well, I think we need to look back before we look forward. We need to do a bit of self-scouting and look back at who we evaluated yep, yep, that's from true. last year's draft and how they turned out. And I think, actually, we did all right. And, you know, Looking back, I had, a, I had a sneaky peek at some of our Red Star picks, You know, our players that we liked. From last year's draft, and they all did. They all did all right. So I thought, you know, maybe, maybe you joking about us being GMs. We're not far off. You know, twenty years time, we'll be we're knocking at the door mm. of like the Birmingham Dragons or whatever. You know, University B team. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, I forgot about that. I want to do that show. We'll probably do. We'll, we might even do that before the Super Bowl. We'll see. That might be a good one to do. I think uh, probably do it next week. Should we? Maybe not. Maybe I, next week's show. Uh, yeah, maybe we'll we'll talk off it. We'll do it next week because I want. We need to do like a kind of a. Uh, a decompress season kind of situation, but maybe that would be best left a week because we want to, you know, forget about this team for a week. <laughs> we'll see. Um, but anyway, the point is, stick around. Uh, lots to come in the off season. Right, I'll stop talking now. There's one place left to go. Okay, going there right now. Four large dollars, kids. Everything on them. You want onions on your set? I do. Plenty onions. You know, because it wasn't addressed, I, I feel like I should address it. Um, I thought when we, when we were talking about Ben, I thought we'd, it'd be mentioned. I think it was mentioned, but not in any detail. Um, but real men cry, right? Mm. Real men actually do cry. It's um, I, I've I've seen multiple memes and people from fan groups of of opposing teams and such like mocking our QB for crying and showing human emotion um and it's okay it's okay to cry right you know if i'm assuming that 99.9% of the people listening to this show are men it's a big assumption if i'm wrong please do correct me but um real men cry right it, it's not just me you, you you can show emotion and not be mocked for it it's okay you know, it, these guys put a lot, of, a lot of weight on their shoulders, whether that's, you know, put on by themselves or by fan groups. It's okay. It's okay to cry. You don't need to be mocked by it. And people who, who are doing it can just stop now. Um, anything else to add to that, guys, just before I move on? I'm, I'm wired slightly weird in that I don't cry when I'm sad. I cry. I've cried twice in the last couple of weeks, and it's always the same thing. It's generally during a movie where there is uh, some kind of triumphant overcoming of adversity. Usually a sports movie, but often it just. So the two movies I've shed a tear over recently are Forty Two, which I watched because of uh, Tariq Bozeman's sad untimely passing due to cancer and I, I thought i'd kind of go back and watch some of the films i hadn't seen 42 man is a fantastic film the jackie robinson story of the first black player drafted into the mlb um amazing and you know that that that's kind of like that that'll get me you know the music and the, and the 
just the the kind of the sports narrative and everything I, you know tears rolling down my face and then the other one i watched was the the, the uh, rich is probably going to kill me for this but the ruth bader ginsburg movie that um really i i'd not heard of it just came across it on amazon checked it out um and that got me man i don't know what it was it just at the end when she's 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 proven her worth the uh, it's, it's, it's to do with the score and stuff and you know like the, the narrative it's just you know hollywood script writing gets me but it's usually at the, at the point where they overcome adversity and, and suddenly everything's going their way. Yeah, I, I, I'll shed a tear or two. I'm not scared to, I'm not afraid to admit it. But, you know, if someone, if I don't tend to cry at, at times, that's that's the only situation I'll cry. If someone's mean to me or, you know, I've been dumped or whatever, I, I've never really cried. It's just not a reaction. It's not like I'm holding it back or anything. It's just, just that, that's how I'm wired. I don't know. It's weird. It's, it's not as highbrow as that, but I I can't watch. Um, not that I loved watching them in the first place. I can't I, I can't watch charity adverts anymore, particularly when they involve kids. Since becoming a, a dad over well four years ago, it, it sort of it, it hits a different nerve now, and I, I can't watch it. I have to look away or leave the room or something because it makes me makes me tear up. That's that, that's the main thing I can't really see. Other than that, and the, the stoic man you hear. <laughs> So pu- pushing it all deep down inside, waiting for it to explode. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh, uh, oh, Dave, 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 can I interrupt very uh-huh. quickly for a non-kebab corner breaking news story? Go on. Um, <laughs> Before I say this, can I just say how Dave just told me to do it quickly? Like, we're in his section, and he's like, well, okay, quickly. <laughs> <laughs> Beat it up. Come on, I'm waiting. Um, shocking. Um, Juju just posted on his uh, Instagram story a picture of the Pittsburgh skyline he took from his car once again, by the way. Need to get on that. That says, trust me, comma, I don't want to leave ellipsis. Was, was this picture really blurred, like he was moving 100 mile an hour when he took it, or is it like parked up? In a nice spot. Well, to be honest, it looks like he's on a bridge, but it isn't blurred. I think that's just a good camera. So I think he mm. is moving. Um, anyway, I don't know. That's the most important part about this. <laughs> I I don't want to leave during signing for another team. Is that the kind of thing? Uh, well, well, he can't what? sign for another team yet. So uh, I don't know. It no, just seems. It, it sounds to me like he's trying to put it out there. I think he's trying to put it out there that he wants an offer from the team. Anyway. He's dropped a few things like that in the last couple of days, so I wanted to I wanted to mention it while we're still on the show. Dave, back to Kebab Corner. Did, did anyone else cry for any any reason? Juju leaving, Simon leaving. Yeah. Anything involving Twitter? <laughs> there, there was there was a main part to this, but I thought I might as well like be be you know consistent and get anyone else's reasons for crying. <laughs> That's a a good thing to have during a during a massive global pandemic. Simon, have you ever cried? I, yeah, um, I, I used I used to like drunkenly cry a lot. Um, weirdly, I don't know why. Uh, like I love you, man, kind of crying. No, just like you know, break down on a corner at five a.m. like for no apparent reason. Uh, outside the outside the kebab shop, perfect. Yeah, brings exactly. it all back. Yeah, there's perfect. always someone that or all just trying to attack those around me for some reason. But anyway, that's that's all in the past. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm like you though. Um, Gav, like a lot of a lot of movies get to me sometimes, like shockingly that you wouldn't expect. I, me, me and my housemate um, went to see Coco in the cinema. I must have told you this, right? And we were in like a great film. it's a great film. We went to watch that, and we were in like a room. It was like opening weekend as well, so it's like filled with like nine year olds with the mums and stuff, and you know, two guys in their early twenties are sat there watching it, and uh, we were crying at the end. 
in that room filled with <laughs> single-digit-year-old girls. <laughs> it's weird, isn't it? Like Lisa, my, my missus, now now knows the, the exact moment. She's now worked it out after how many years we've been together, the pinpoint, the crescendo of the score. She, she always looks over just at the right moment because goes, are you crying? And she, she always nails it. I always am. I'm trying to hide it. Like just, I've wiped one and I haven't quite wiped the other yet. She always nails it. It's, it's bad. Rich, are you a big crier or no? Uh, I'm a karate man, so I cry on the inside. Okay. <laughs> you cry um, still. Yeah, I, I cried on Sunday. Jeez. Yeah, of course. Really? <laughs> no, but I wanted to. <laughs> yeah. I think I think so we're all that's almost just, there. That's just not a reaction. Like I'm not sitting there. Like I feel, you know, my guts twisted. You know, my my butt's twitching. Like I, you know, I want to I want to throw my beer across the room. But crying's just not. But I guess for Ben, you know, that's a totally different situation. Like he said, you know, the team's, you know, he's losing some powers. He's losing. They've what? Imagine what this year's been like with the COVID and everything else they've gone through. Hmm. And to see it end like this against their little brothers in the brown, the brownies, must have been hard. You know, and Pouncey retiring and everything. I can see it. I can see why he did. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm with you, Dave. I don't, I don't think he should get any heat for that at all. Uh, you know, it's a, you, you know, there's nothing wrong with being emotional. Yeah, we're not living in the 1950s anymore. But the main thing I wanted to get to, and I got to think it's going to be quite considerably short than the crying conversation we just had. Um, I've I've been thinking of like what entertained me as a child because like we've had uh, well I think it's been just discussed on the show right that uh, Rich is now a granddad. I mean it's it, it's great that a 21 year old can be a granddad. It's amazing. You can... <laughs> <laughs> I don't I don't know how you. I don't know how you've managed it. It's amazing. Um, I'm really impressed. <laughs> All concerning as the case may be, is... but. <laughs> <laughs> but man, um, but yeah, I've, I've been thinking back to like my. It's made me think back to my childhood, with new lives in this world, and how I would have entertained myself as a young person. Because um, like I spent a lot of my childhood reading books and comics and things like that, and I came to the realization that I thought quicksand was gonna be a much bigger problem as an adult like every book i read involved well not every book but a lot of these sort of fantasy and adventure style books involve quicksand and i thought man i'm gonna have to really step up my game in quicksand if, if it happens i need someone with me they have to pull me out I, I have i have to be ready for this um but yeah it's it sort of I, I wanted to sort of see if you guys had a a, a thing the, not say the quicksand. That's a bit silly thing. But um, was, was there a part of your childhood that sort of you, you think back and think that's that influenced my direction? Was that that was where I um, ended up? Like in terms of your career or your sort of philosophical view? Am, am I going too deep right now? I got no, no, deep. So I generally it's one of those sort thought, of stone conversations. I, no, no, no. I generally, I genuinely thought the world was going to get blown up in a nuclear attack when I was about six, like because my dad had instilled in me that, you know, we were on the brink of cold war. The whole... There was a, a good spell where every morning I woke up and, and thought to myself, oh, there's been no nuclear attack. Great. That's a strange place for a, a young child to be growing up in. I think, I think I blame my, my parents for that, for not, not actually educating me about, you know, the likelihood and you know, my, my dad talking politics at the breakfast table or whatever about Reagan and, you know, Gorbachev or, or whoever it was at the time. Um, so, you know, I think I grew up with a certain amount of um, doomsday thing happening. 
So I think I'm used to the world, you know, falling in on me, or, or at least it's kind of accepted so you, norm. That, so you were the kid that was ready to hide under their school desk when the when the nuclear bomb hit and all that sort of sort of jazz. I was just ready for the world to end. I was just expecting. I was just expecting to to wake up to the you know, the south of England to be you know ruins and and you know a nuclear wasteland. Seems weird now. I mean, but it was a reality. Yeah. That that makes so much sense though, Gaff. That's a really dark sort of outlook. I always feel whenever I'm done talking to you, like you know, we talk after the show and stuff. Whenever we get off the phone, I always feel so certain the world's going to end. So you're kind of doing that to, to me. <laughs> I'm really shit. I don't even realise. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I, but I'm, I'm generally quite a happy person. I think it's actually helped me in, in life because it kind of makes you think. Oh, let's live life for the moment. You know, maybe I will have that extra beer. Doesn't matter. It's going to be you know <laughs> intercontinental ballistic missiles raining down any second. <laughs> Oh no! I, I, I think it particularly pertains to alcohol. I think I've I've always had that outlook of well, well, something could happen tomorrow. I could die tomorrow. It, it's sort of that sort of not necessarily a negative outlook, but of something worse could happen. So why not? I guess I guess having kids changes that, right? You kind of think oh, it, does. it does. It does. A, I've got to be up. I don't I don't want to be hung over while I've got duties, and and B, you know, perhaps I should be a better role model than the drunk. You know, I don't want to be like Homer Simpson. And yet we stay up till three in the morning, four in the morning sometimes, watching a, for, a sport in a foreign country to just be an absolute sleep zombie for the next day and unable to connect with anyone, whether it's work or family. <laughs> just completely exhausted. But hey, I've won, I've won, I've won, I've won around. I've, I've brainwashed her. She's now, my eight-year-old girl is now clamoring. She was now actually disappointed. She, I, I've not seen her look so, you know, so solemn and, and miserable watching that game um, I didn't watch it live. I, I, she she begged me to. She could watch it. We watched it. She just sat there in silence. She said, uh, "What did she say?" She said, "Are they, are they letting this happen?" And then and then at the end of the game, she said, "Daddy, are we going to carry on watching the playoffs? Because I really want to watch someone lift the trophy." But I wish I wish it was the Steelers, and I, and I hope Ben comes back. And I just thought I, I have trained. I've you know, I've not done many things well in my life, but I have trained my child to be into American football and to support the Steelers in in, a, in the most perfect way. And it, I pat myself on the back for that. And it's possible, Dave. You can do it too. It, it, well, when you said that she had said to you that she wanted to watch the game with you the next morning, I, I was incredibly not really jealous, but that was that was a really cool thing, you know, as from. In a country where it's not the main sport and it's not something that's necessarily televised that often and that available, I thought it was a really cool thing that she wanted to connect with you on that thing that you, you know you, you both shared interest she, she, in. You know, she, you you say the word football to her, she thinks you're talking about the Steelers, honestly, and she she says, "Oh, you mean English football?" Honestly, it's it's strange. I, I worry that I've created created a problem for her in some ways. <laughs> Um, anyway, I've hijacked your point with my daughter, which is not the point of this. So carry on. So where, where, when will she be arriving and sort of appearing on the show with her hot takes? With, with well, she's getting close. She's saying some things where I think, oh, if I'd recorded that, I could play that. You know, well, she had a good take last week, right? That why, why do why do they keep running up the middle when they could go around the outside where there's less guys? Yeah, yeah. good take. It was, and she said, why? Well, I don't want to see any more of Mason. I want to see the NASA guy. Yes, <laughs> that was a very good take. I like that take. That was, uh, yeah, I think there's a large set of Steelers Nation that agrees with, with an eight-year-old girl. Anyway, someone else take over. Enough about my daughter. Um, what was the what? question? 
there wasn't really necessarily just a question. It was like, is, is there a, a thing from your um, childhood that, that sort of followed you through life, I guess? Sort of a, like, my silly one was that I thought sand would be a big problem in my adulthood. But is, is there a, a thing that you've carried through from your childhood that has I think we need stayed to with you? Look further into that. Why you thought you thought quicksand was going to be a big problem in your, in your adulthood? You're just going to walk into it in the street. Well, like my my childhood was largely spent with my my nose in a book or in a comic, and it like it seemed like all these guys that I admired and um, were reading about all in, encountered quicksand at some point and some it's sort true. of natural peril i understand it yeah in every cartoon they every always encounter quicksand right that's yeah so i was like well i've got to be ready for this i've got to sort of find my way out of this somehow but like... <laughs> I'm, I'm assuming that you've all spent had had the same childhood as i have <laughs> at least i suppose it's like uh... it's like the opposite of um one of my daughters come back to my daughter one of her mates i mentioned about uh i can't remember how we got into it i mentioned lava and she said to me, in like, I don't think she was like six at the time, in a precocious thing, lava doesn't exist. It only exists in video games. Like that, as if I was the idiot. Thinking, <laughs> yeah, I can understand that. Yeah, it does. You, don't, you do only really encounter it in video games. So, yeah, okay, fair enough. And you told her that she was going to encounter real problems with lava later in life. <laughs> I said, well, it's a problem if you live in Hawaii or Indonesia. You know, it's a real situation. You know, you, you live to, you buy a nice house, but it ends up with lava in the living room. I mean, you know, it's a real thing. <laughs> Well, you got you got to stay off the lava, right? You got to get between the islands and stay off the lava, otherwise you you're burnt. That's it. You're out. You're out of the game. Floating fl- platforms they don't exist, but the lava's real. There's another thing. Like um, uh, there was um, a guy, a friend of a friend, had this um, a, a seriously attractive girlfriend that was like you met her and you were like you saw her and you thought Jesus, you know she's like a ten out of ten. After after maybe about an hour of conversation, you perhaps realised why she was with this guy who you know was, he was no you know you know he, he was he was he was fine he was uh, uh, okay but he was no you know he didn't they, they weren't equal in 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 the, in the attractive mistakes. But um, I remember having a conversation about her where she thought that um, dinosaurs were made up like um, <laughs> like vampires and werewolves. She literally thought they were the same, and there was no. There was no, there no convincing her. You can go to a museum and see dinosaur bones. I'm, I'm yet to find a, a, a museum and go and see a vampire's bones. Wouldn't have it, Dave. She wouldn't have it. Wow. Hmm. I can't think of anything, Dave, that 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 fits this category. I wasn't, I wasn't afraid of, you know, I didn't watch Alfred Hitchcock's The Birds and fear that birds were going to attack me throughout life. Although they did, they did come to later attack me, seagulls and stuff. Um, mm. So maybe I should have thought more about that. <laughs> maybe you should have. Maybe you should have been scared of a global pandemic where where a virus attacks everybody. Yeah, know? I didn't see well, contagion until none of us. That. Yeah, none of us were even scared as it was happening. We were all just laughing off as a Chinese problem. Right? Uh, so uh, I wasn't. I, I had my eyes on this virus. I'm, I'm interested to know was was Rich a, a stuntman before he became a stuntman? Was like we got? I've got a vision of like a. A five, six-year-old guy, a guy, kid, like just ready to be a Hollywood stuntman. <laughs> uh, I, I always liked uh, 
physical stuff and things like that. I was always into things like that and loved Batman, the original Batman show with Adam West. I loved that show. It was my favorite show as a kid. But the thing that really sticks out to me that really affected me and devastated me was when I was finally convinced. And I was a holdout. Probably the last one in my class, I'd say around fifth grade, I was finally convinced that there is no Santa Claus. That's the big one, right? That one, I didn't think, after that, I thought I'd never enjoy Christmas again. And uh, And of course, for those listening, there is. So that's why it's so sad, Rich, that you were tricked. Do we have a a big, like, five, six-year-old listening group? (laughs) We might do, Dave. (laughs) And the parents of those will be thanking me now. (laughs) Yeah, you don't know. I mean, who would would then want crazy notions that there's no Santa Claus? And then they've just brought them loads of gifts. So, yeah, yeah. It's a dark it's moment, a right? When you suddenly realise that there's no Santa, and and the thing that your sibling has said to you, or the the mean friend has said to you, is actually true. That he doesn't exist. It's it's a pretty it's a it's a big penny that drops. Oh, this show's gonna have to come with a disclaimer now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love how you you are the one that's conscious and empathetic of this side, being that you're like 24 with no kids, and Dave is you know, has kids, realizes the importance of this, and just plows on, even though we kind of covered up and we're ready to move on. Double He's down. You sleep. You can't hear me. Yeah, think about the list of kids, man. Huh? Um, anyway. We gotta find out sometime. <laughs> well, now Uncle Dave and Uncle Rich have told them. <laughs> oh, Sorry, <man>. kids. <laughs> They're just kidding. They're just kidding. There is a Santa Claus. Yeah, there. Of course, there is. Everybody knows there's a Santa Claus. I had to think of something. I was, I was pressured, you know. But yeah, there's of course. A, there's only one fat beardy man that makes Christmas happen in this house. <laughs> he, he doesn't wear a red suit. <laughs> <sighs> Need to stop inviting Brett Kiesel around for dinner. <laughs> uh, right, let's wrap it up there, Dave. Unless you got anything else you want to say? No, no, I'm finished. <laughs> <laughs> oh, d- does that represent the season, the the, the Santa Claus bit, the segment, the yeah, episode? I think it's just a perfect segue, right? <laughs> so we've got there is no Santa. The world blown up in a World War 3 scenario there's no players left on the roster Ben's retiring we're firing all the coaches Colbert and Omar Khan are leaving so let's let's, let's, let's bookmark that there and let's you know we'll come back a little bit more positive you know I know every cloud has a silver lining but um, let's 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 uh, you know let's try and come back a little bit more positive next week shall we yes definitely I like it when Mm. we're positive and new beginnings, right? Yeah, it's very positive because we don't have to watch this damn team again until <laughs> August. Hey, I tell you what, they, they they've they've lucked out. You know, there's a loaded, there's a there's a very good quarterback class. The Steelers aren't going to get one of them, but what it means is that there's loads of teams that are going to take quarterbacks, which means there's going to be a, like players that should be higher up the board because of their you know better players. They're going to fall, and, and the Steelers got a load of draft picks, and and it's a great tackle class, good good guard class. Hmm. So I think I think things are going to be fine. Hopefully, we're going to be good. Nice. We got twenty fourth pick. That's locked in now, right? So yeah, yeah, and then way more picks than we had last year. And you know, I just think I don't know if you watched the. Um, I know you're trying to wrap this up, and I've taken it back to football. <laughs> I don't know if 
you watch the national championship game, Alabama, I think I, I sort of alluded to it earlier. Let's just draft their line then when we can. Okay. I want that running back. Oh no, Harris. Yeah, yeah. he looks great too. But I don't think I think I'm, this is a this is the question for another show. Do you go running back Ireland? Let's let's save that for another day. Come okay. back. Come back to that. If you listen to this, you probably listen to the show anyway. But that's a, yeah, that's a different discussion for another day. Right. Uh, I was going to keep it under two hours, but we've just crossed the two hour mark. So if you want to go for another one, we can <laughs> <laughs> another hour. All right, fine. Okay, draft strategy. Let's go. <laughs> right, sources. I've got a source list going on. Here. <laughs> I just made some harissas today. Oh nice. no! Right, I'm calling it. Um, <laughs> follow the show at UK Steelers Pod. <laughs> follow me at Cyro. This follow Dave at This Is Dave Hart and Gav at GM Boom Up all on Twitter and follow Rich on Instagram at Stunt Underscore Batman. Uh, I can't say I hope you see us next week at any record because it's all over, it's done. But but join us anyway, won't you? Because we'll have much more positive things to talk about. <laughs> we'll see you next week. Yeah!